Let's go. Hey everybody, Nico here. Sorry for that game over moment we had earlier tonight. We are back and more excited than ever. I'm Nico. You can check me out, Nico Action, N I C O A C T I O N. And I'm TK. You can find me at X Nate X Gray X. And that makes me Kevo, and you can find me at Kevo Really, K E V O R E A L L Y. And we are very excited uh, to get right back to this. All right. And so what we're talking about today is we're talking about the fact that we've run two channels for a million years, X's for show and HTML. And these two channels have been long desirous of uh, combining together, you know, in sort of like our own Super Smash Bros universe. And uh, we are finally at that place where we feel ready for our contents to merge. It's really exciting because one of the things that I love so much is I love talking about comic books. I really do. Comic books are a huge part of my psychology and who I am. But I am so much more than just the words on some funny pages. And I am excited to talk about the wealth of things that uh, define my interests, uh, but certainly not exclusively. And one of those things is definitely video games. And I'm so excited to talk about the Mario universe because it's one that has long been uh, a fixation point for me. Well, I was going to say, we didn't really say this so clearly when we were talking about it before, but like, I am a huge Zelda person. I have a Zelda tattoo, which you kind of can't see, but I've got a Zelda tattoo. I've got a uh, deep love for the games, the mythology, the music. I talk about it all day long whenever I can. And when Nico, you and I first met, we had this moment where you were like, oh, that's really great. I'm similarly a Mario guy. And as soon as this movie was announced, you were the first person I thought of because I was just like, the joy of getting your franchise's like next big step is always yeah. really exciting. Like I'm super excited. We're going to be talking about the new Zelda game when it comes out on May 12th. Uh, but um, ears of the kingdom named that, for the pointiness of their ears. Yeah, yes. The, the, the pointy mm. ears of the kingdom. That's uh, it. It high rules. Shears of the kingdom. And it's just a scissor sisters album. Tears for fears of the kingdom. Everybody okay. wants to rule the world, but it's just Ganon. Uh, you know, I, people forget all the time that Tears for Fears is actually, uh, like, it was the name of, like, a scream therapy technique that the two guys used when they were in yeah. therapy together, right? Uh, and, like, so whenever anybody's like, yeah, Tears for Fears, man, I'm always like, scream therapy, motherfucker. That's definitely where I'm at. That's uh, really scream therapy music, for sure. And so, okay. Is that Mario why they Brothers. played at our gym all the time? Because they do. They play Tears for Fears at our gym. Like, our at gym least is so maudlin. They play to... uh, uh, Till Tuesday, Voices Carry. They play uh, they Head play Over Luca by Suzanne. They play Vigna. Luca. No, they play Luca. Uh, okay. And every year on uh, New Year's Day, uh, the first song they play at 7 a.m., and I can't explain it, uh, like five years in a row, has been The Monster Mash. Uh, they also Retro. love to play Ghostbusters off-season. It's a hoot. Uh, and the freaks come out at night, but enough about that. That's a that's a that's a, that's a they retro music Mario playlist. Music. Well, speaking of Mario music, uh, I am so excited about the Mario music I composed for this episode, uh, based on the unforgettable music of the Mario Brothers franchise. Something that I think we can say defines Mario isn't just the fact that it's this funny little plumber man, but it's also the nature of the music, the media, the TV, the movies. There is so much that goes into this uh, wonderful little mushroom king. And I, I just want to start out by talking a little bit about what the Mario franchise kind of means to you. I know we had it a little bit earlier, but 
you know, for me, it meant hanging out with my older cousin in his bedroom and him showing me where the warp whistles were or him showing me uh, that you can flower power fire out Koopa a few times. And it was like a private rite of passage. It was like he handed me his secrets and it made me a better, like it made me a better guy. And then like, I knew that a way I could show love to someone I cared about was to show them the secrets in a Mario game. And for me, that's so much what Mario and Nintendo represents. It's the system where you can like hand off the controller and everybody feels welcome. And, uh, you know, whether you're a toadstool and like, you can be a buff toadstool, you can be like a real, like Bob, the drag queen kind of peach, you can be whatever makes you feel good. And that for me is Mario and Nintendo. Yeah, for me, it's, um, similar, but you know, like I, I said, it's very solo for me. I was, uh, I was playing, especially my super Nintendo by myself and it was the joy of just kind of like getting lost in the exploration and every time you would find one of those cool little secret pathways in super mario world that took you to you know another part of the map that you didn't know existed and you found all this neat stuff like it damn was just, secret exits yeah like there was just so much cool stuff like that in mario and it had a pacing and a just kind of energy to it that was different than Zelda. You know, they are both action games in different ways. One is a platformer and one's an action RPG. Uh, but Zelda has this very kind of uh, lyrical, slow, very uh, ambient nature to it that you get lost in and sort of like imagining you're part of the story way. And Mario, because the stories are always so simple and it's just so much more about the play and the exploration and the reveal and the spectacle um, but yeah, for me, that was all like really solo time. That was like me, me having fun with myself, just like, uh, being blown away. And, you know, a big part of that really also was the music. Mario oh, yeah. has just such gorgeous, iconic, classic music. Absolutely. Yeah. I, kept I feel, feel like, like... Uh, <laughs> we did that. Uh, no, I just, you know, when I, when we first started being like a, you know, a power couple, I was like, you know, Mario is a part of me. You can't get rid of it. And you were like, that's fine. Well, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I felt like it was something that I, I was like, oh, no, it's nerdy. I'm into old video games. And you were like, no, that's cool. I, I don't know. It was something that made me feel very, you know, part of my we, childhood was part of your childhood. We especially are the SNES generation where, um, you know, we were not. We had just moved into a new house, so we especially were not rolling in it when uh, the console first came out. So it was like a big deal, and a lot of people on the block had all their different consoles. So uh, the neighborhood I grew up in, uh, there was this adorable little clutch of friends. And so gaming was really a neighborhood experience for us. It was every all the kids from like four or five different households gathering around one person's TV to see yeah. whose older sister was going to beat the level and make it all the way through the game. Uh, you know, someone gets close to a really tough level and one of the kids goes out screaming in the neighborhood to gather everyone and check it out. And, uh, you know, that it it's, it's such a community experience uh, from my perspective, I think. Uh, so it's, it's, it's sort of not even just the older cousin, but like sort of the, the multiple older cousins and the other younger cousins who are also learning with you and 
you know, one of you figures it out and you teach the other ones and you want to try to impress the older kids and they're not impressed. They never are. But that's okay. You know, that's, that's, it's just about having fun. And, and well, and speaking of having fun, you know, one of the things we didn't get to talk about last time was we were about to talk about the games of the Mario universe and something that always strikes me so interestingly about the games of the Mario universe. Kevo, you said we were the SNES generation. Wow. No, I, I did not have an SNES. I had an NES. I was a NES boy, right? Uh, the SNES didn't enter my world until the Wii virtual console, which oh, I would Yeah. Wow. No, I, I skipped... didn't even, I also skipped 64. Wow. Um, that surprises me. My boyfriend and I, at the time, in uh, right out of high school, um, I was like, you know, what would get you here for more? And he was like, uh, more game systems. And I was like, sure, what do you want me to buy? And he was like, a GameCube. And I was like, I can do this. And um, so we got the we got a GameCube that we went in on together. And then when we broke up, I was like, well, it's here, so it's mine. That's my and GameCube. It's my GameCube. And then I eventually sold it. And yeah. uh. Yeah, so, like, I was, like, a NES boy, and then I was, oh, wait, speaking of NES boys, we got a, we got the cutest gamer boy in the entire world, uh, Jonah, who is going to be joining us for some high-quality entertainment, uh, who had been with us earlier during our technical problems. Hey, Jonah, you good to come on in and play with us? That's a yes. You're saying yes, but we cannot hear him because he's adorable. All right. Well, I'm super glad player. to have you back. Now, okay. So I was just saying that I came into a <laughs> new player. I just got that. Um, so, uh, so Jonah, I was just saying that I came into like the N64 and the SNES kind of later than most people. I didn't pick them up until uh, it was on the virtual console for the Wii. Now, you were born like literally after their life cycles ended. So how is it you interact with classic games? Um, so the way that I interact with classic games is mostly through um, eShop stuff of, you know, when they're online available for replay through um, the store, through their online store, through Nintendo stuff, or... Um, by putting on uh, my pirate hat and sailing the the seven seas, mm, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. the ocean of Rom. It's uh, mm. the forgotten fifth ocean over by the con the continent of Emulator. I I do I'm familiar with that part of the map. Jonah, mm-hmm. I'm curious. Do you think like have you had a lot of curiosity about uh, the old games like without? Uh, these dudes pushing it on you would you think to yourself like i gotta know <laughs> what super mario 3 is like like i need i need that experience or audacity it, of that plurality um that's a question of if it's a game that i would want to play and see and like is it a genre of something i would want to do absolutely regardless of whether or not they'd be pushing me to do it yeah um it's dep- again i think it depends on the game something yeah. like super mario 3 i might not have necessarily wanted to go back and see on my own um but there are plenty of older games that i would have loved to um to have, have gotten the opportunity to play like the original persona mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah okay funny thing so i just need to jump in with this i 
I knew that there was Mario Bros and then Super Mario Bros. And it was one of those things that, like, I used to love busting that out as a kid. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? There also is a character named X-Man. And, like, you know, there is, uh, you know, a Mario Bros that is not Super Mario Bros. There's a Mario Land that is not Mario World. Just like there's a Disneyland that is not Disney World. Know your sides of the country. But I bring this up because... uh, I assumed because there was Super Smash Brothers that there had to be a Smash Brothers game. That's logical. I spent so long. Yeah, I respect that logic. Smash Brothers, and it didn't exist. There is no Smash Brothers, especially because that was a time where that would have even been so easy to not be able to find that you just had to be like, sure, it's just a game I'll never understand. I mean, the good news is, you know, they're running out of things to call this current incarnation. They could go super classic and have the next version just be Smash Bros. I would love that. Uh, I also was saying that, you know, with the the nature of the, the multiversity that we live in and like the multitudinal nature of the mario gaming verse uh i'm waiting for mario 3 to be the mario multiverse where mario meets dr mario and gets an inferiority complex feeling like oh me i'm just a plumber and then has to be like oh no the real power was the wrench i had inside um sorry for that hate uh but yeah so you're not alone there you go so yeah, so that's my question for everybody. Do you have a favorite like era of Mario before we get into every one of the games? Because we're about to get into a good number of them, but like in a quick version, kind of like a rapid fire. What's what of Mario? Uh, for me, I'm gonna and I'm ready for the hate comments. I'm bring it, uh, but New Super Mario Brothers Wii. I just think it's perfect. <laughs> I guess I am scared. Uh, I do think it's perfect. I love New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a really classic game. It's got a really good look to it. I love the iconography of classic against modern. It's just a great vibe. Uh, and so that early retro, modern, high quality, 3D, but 2D, that era of Mario is kind of my shit. What about you guys? For me, it's it's always going to go back to the Super Nintendo. It's always going to be Super Mario World that um bless you, know, you i'm sorry i just keep hearing you say sneeze so that's my jam that's that's where i became a gamer and i will say i really do love new super mario bros we and all of the 2d 3d uh game like platforming games that they did after that because i love that they saw the value in a style of game that was connected to a limit of technology um, that they could now kind of play with because they weren't limited by the technology. But, you know, you got to impose some rules on a game to make it a really good game. So let's call it nostalgia. The, the, market that right or uh, trademark that right now. It's um, nostalgia. They wanted something that looked old, but using modern ideas. Well, it looks new, to... but it has its old ideas. That's what it but, is. And it looks old and is, it's amazing. It's yeah. the yeah. dichotomy. Now, they, Kevo, they, I think, oh, I'm so sorry. I was just saying they are uh, fantastic games. Like, uh, but, are. you know, at the end of the day, for me, it is still, still Super Mario Bros. Are you a, are you a SNES boy as well, Kevo? Are you going to Super Mario World all over this piece? I think in terms of aesthetic, 
Uh, I would agree uh, Super Mario World, and I would gr agree SNES. I think that's uh, very much the one that I uh, idealize. My idealized picture of Mario is probably that. But in terms of personal uh, gaming endeavors, probably more N64. Uh, by the time that gaming console came out, my sister was in high school, so it's we weren't really doing. a monster. We weren't, I, and that's why not in the look. You know, I, it, by any means, it looks so blobby and awful. But like, uh, the story was really cool, and uh, like I was saying, um, it was really I was gaming on my own at that point. My sister was in high school, so it wasn't really I was watching her. Uh, play anymore it was really if, if someone was playing on it it was me by myself and uh so i i did pretty darn well for someone who's not very much a gamer i definitely never beat the game mm -hmm. uh but you know i got you know a lot of good stuff unlocked and i'm real proud of that accomplishment so i will always think of n64 as the game that i really played you know, Kebo, you're the one who was like, hey, I love watching you play Galaxy and I love watching you play all these other games, but you should play Super Mario World. And that's why I bought it on the virtual console. And uh, it was just an unbelievable revelation, like a hole in my world. Like I could not believe how much I learned from it. Jonah, what's your Mario era? What's, as Mistress would say, I'm in my N64 era. And so I'm just wondering, what's your era? Um, for me personally, uh, I love, I, I love too many Mario games because Mario is a man whose hat is in so many different genres of different kinds of games between... You mean Cappy? Cappy, yes. His Cappy is, uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, whether it's the sports franchise, whether it's the 2D platformers, whether it's 3D platformers, whether it's Mario Kart, whether it's the RPG series, uh, there's so many different games you will find mario and his cast of friends in for my money my favorite main series mario game is mario galaxy i love mario galaxy so much i if i could right now i would show you my beautiful rosalina print that i have hanging up front and center um uh, wait, jonah do you have galaxy 2 yes i've also i have galaxy 2 and i played can galaxy i borrow your galaxy 2 <laughs> uh if i can find it absolutely less um it's just retailing for too much <laughs> yeah that is a problem nowadays is uh a lot of older games are retailing for just quite too much for the casual consumer uh especially for a younger audience who wants to go back and play these games it's it costs a lot of money to buy refurbished or you know still working condition uh systems as well as these games that are going for um 90 you know, bucks for galaxy 90. 2 right now uh less uh people in the fire emblem community know uh path of radiance and radiance of dawn go for like over 200 dollars. oh my gosh it is i don't yeah i don't miss the days where i used to have to plunk down money for like final fantasy anthology and stuff mm -mm. no um but uh if we're going main series it's mario galaxy if i get to have my pick of any series it's super mario uh not super mario excuse me paper mario and the thousand year door I mentioned earlier when you were talking about that that I know very little about Paper Mario and Thousand Year Door, and I always just mostly found the title a little pretentious for a Mario game. Uh, so I'm excited when uh, Nico goes through his history of the Mario games to uh, discuss that and get a little bit more background on it. You described it a little, but I'm sure he is going to have 
a lot to say in addition. I have very little to say. I am not the biggest Mario RPG fan. And what's so effing crazy about that is it's created by the people that created Final Fantasy. I just yeah. don't like it. Uh, but let's do it. Let's let's bring those slides up. Let's talk about these games because that is the the crux of it. Like when you talk about like uh, you know Mickey Mouse or Bugs Bunny or other cartoonified properties, there's no single thing they are. But Mario is games. No matter what else he is, Mario stands for the ability for a person to actively engage in the the narrative of Mario and. You can see we have an unbelievable list of games, their years, their systems, things like Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Mario Bros. Of course, there's a number of games that I, I think, you know, maybe a little bit like tennis, pinball, golf. These are a little bit more uh, forgettable. There are games where Mario doesn't play the most pivotal role, like he is the referee in different versions of Punch-Out!, uh, he is later added to Alleyway via box art, but the original print of Alleyway does not include him. Uh, he is the sort of go-to guy. And what I discovered by going through all of this is that Mario as a character, uh, I wondered why they called this the Super Mario Bros. movie a couple of times, having just seen it. And I realized it's the same reason they started calling it Mario Tennis. Nobody wants to buy a game called Tennis. Nobody wants to go see a movie called Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. But you call it Mario Nintendo. Mario <laughs> you call it Mario Tennis. And everybody's gay bones for it. And, uh, you know, this, this first page, man, so much of what is Mario is on this page. Yeah, these are really a lot of the foundational ones. And when I talk about, like, the my era, it does actually start uh with super mario land uh and i mean i just such a fantastic game such an incredible soundtrack uh one of the few mario games that uh does not have a soundtrack by koji kondo uh or designed by the same people or characters in common it's such a unique entry in every way yeah um and then you know super mario world just game changing and expl explosive and expansive in every way but that you know the game boy is just so great for mario super mario land 2 super mario land 2 one of the best games of all time truly wario land also really is fantastic it's weird it's I real know. weird it's real weird but it's fantastic <laughs> yoshi's island absolute stunner i mean there are just great games in this era and it really does start the the branching out of mario what can we do who what other characters can we play around with what mechanics can we play around with uh and that's gonna lead to just this you know brand within a brand it's so crazy that like nintendo is the company and the brand and that is the overarching thing but mario as a a brand and an ip that we recognize really is it's like you said nico you don't go to see a movie called nintendo you go to see a movie called super mario bros because he really is their mickey in a lot of ways He's oh yeah like a mickey that is a lot more acceptable in more masculine circles who would perhaps find mickey to be a little bit too soft uh so this is somewhat of an upgrade and i think yep. in some ways a little more accessible like you get to be mario but Mario's yeah. also kind of like a, like, I don't mean this mean or anything, but Mario's kind of a soft boy. Like, you know, he's not like this jacked hunk, you know, he's, he's kind of like a doughboy, And like, I, I really do kind of love that, 
Now, Jonah, again, uh, I believe you were literally born right around or before every one of the games on this page. And whether yeah. it's, you know, saving Pauline in Donkey Kong or it's the versus nature of Mario Bros replicated in the, you know, versus stages of Super Mario Bros 3 and in things like All-Stars. How do you feel about this almost rudimentary uh, phase of gaming and like Mario RPG right there, the thing that gave birth to your precious Paper Mario? And I don't mean that belittlingly. I mean, like, because it's precious to you. Like, Dr. Mario is precious to me, but I don't think he should be writing prescriptions. No. Um... So for me, my money, everything. Uh, a lot of these games are pretty stellar, pretty, pretty, pretty cool. I look at these titles and I'm like, damn, there's a lot of there's a lot of good things going on here. Uh, Mario Kart, which is uh, a staple, a classic, everybody loves. Oh yeah. We have yeah. things. Uh, Yoshi's Island, which is, um, you know, it gave us the very adorable and amazing baby Mario. Mario 64, which is the grandfather of so many different games so is quite astounding and incredible how many games are actually based off of um that game and how influential it was to the gaming sphere and this whole page because like when you said mario kart my first thought was like i like mario kart but i love crash team racing oh mm. it's a mario kart clone and then, like, I, I oh, yeah. gosh, there are so many Mario Kart clones. There were so many Mario 64 clones. Great point. Well, and Mario 64 really was, for kids our age, um, like, this is your introductory, your tutorial for 3D gaming. Like, this is your first time having to control an entire third axis and figure out what's going on. And, like, the, the brilliant idea that there is a cameraman and we are literally having to yeah. move him. Because now we all do that just on site. And there there doesn't – we don't even question – like we don't is, is there a cameraman in the game yeah. no it doesn't matter like we just need to change the view so we can see the thing uh but like that is the game where we had to learn it all and like super mario all-stars being right there super mario all-stars is quite literally uh the like it's quite literally the first that i can think of major repackaging that yeah. was like here's a bunch of games this system's better and, and for, like sorry, you're yeah. still getting those now with switch well for me it was a huge deal because i you know nico you and i are different in that i did not have an nes my parents had some real lofty goals about like no video games no mtv and they just completely gave up in like a day and it was right around the time the super nintendo came out so mtv was on and i had a super nintendo and that's my life is just being a kid who played super nintendo and watched mtv that's my entire personality but so i never played any of those games uh i would have to like hope that uh, a kid that i went to school with invited me to sleep over and he would have an nes um that's how i saw all of the original legend of zelda being played but this was the first time super mario all-stars was the first time that i had access to those games and it was uh because i thought three was so cool like the, just, the play like i just i think about it all the time all right, now let's get to the, the I think the the phase of Mario as a gaming experience that was a little bit more um I think 
yep. visually appealing, if nothing else. Uh, we enter in an age where I, I kind of can't believe some of these games. Um, we are going to be taking a look at... Oh, no, you know. Uh, when we take a look at this run of games, this era that is the beginning of the DS, the introduction of Luigi's Mansion, and frankly, what for many people is a hit-or-miss entry that marks the only main platformer between the mammoth of N64's Mario 64 and the Wii's Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario Sunshine is... It was my least favorite entry for a very long time. And JoJo has since brought me around on it. And I admittedly just have never quite figured out how to like Super Mario Odyssey. It's not bad, but it's not Galaxy. Nothing's ever going to be Galaxy. Okay. Um, but how do you guys feel about what I feel like, you know, like, if if Mario is the X-Men, N64 is Mario 64 is kind of like the, the you know, the all-new, all-difference. This is when stuff got real intense. Jonah, I know Luigi's Mansion, Sunshine, Paper Mario, Smash Bros. Oh my gosh, this is I your era. Bros. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, uh, this is my Mario era, if you will. Um, Super Mario Sunshine, uh, and I talked about this earlier, that Super Mario Sunshine is a game that didn't get its flowers when it first came out because it was very different like you said comparative to 64 it has very different gameplay that feels almost weird to the idea of mario where you look at mario 64 and it's very simplistic of you jump in these paintings there isn't a lot of power-ups and they all make sense of what they do but here you constantly have a power-up in flood and you're cleaning this island and it is a very wacky interesting take on what mario can do and, and expanding this mario lore you know you have luigi's mansion which is oh my I, luigi's mansion is so much fun uh is you know luigi's first foray into being the hero into saving his brother and it's just quite astounding it but had you, nostalgia the second it came out it is um quite possibly my favorite uh, one of my favorite spinoff titles. It, it is just so much, it is so enjoyable. And even the sequels are really great and fun too. Um, but I feel like yeah. this was the era of certain genres being risky and, and adventurous in what they're doing. You look at Luigi's Mansion, you look at Super Princess Peach, you look at Super, Paper so Ma uh, Super Mario Sunshine, you look at Super Smash Bros, which is their foray into the fighting games here genre. It is all very interesting in what they were trying to do and what boundaries they were willing to push. And then you look at certain series, which they tried to play safe. Um, this was in the cycle where Mario Party had four, five, six, and seven all released consecutively back to back very quickly after one another. One a year. Yeah. And there weren't a lot of mainline platformers between. And for the record, I'm so glad you said something. I kept being like, wow, that must be the box for Mario Party 3. Wow, that must be the box for Mario Party 3. And then, guys, it was not the box for Mario Party 3 at all. It was the box for Mario Party. Uh, it just happened to have the number 3 on it on the day. But, you know, I'm. it's so funny that you say that, uh, you know, Luigi's Mansion was a brave risk. That, uh, you know, because it was, like... Luigi had starred in Where's Mario before that, which 
was you know the world's dumbest point and click you know this was this was a cool time and something that i got a lot out of was the new super mario bros era that was like my that was my look that was my thing i really connected with a lot of what that brought so i'm with you this took a lot of cool chances For me, this is one of the eras that I sort of fell away from gaming a lot. Uh, Nintendo more so, like, you know, uh, I was, I just engaged a little less with Nintendo here. But one game that I fell in love with is Super Princess Peach. Yeah, and it's boss. It, it is, is so boss. It is such a fantastic game in so many levels. And I love, you know, because I loved Yoshi's Island too. I love getting to play as everybody else. And I love uh, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. I love Toad. <laughs> it's it's so good. I I could have used a Toad game in this era. I could. I would love a Toad platformer. Um, but setting that aside, uh, this is a this is a an era where they start to say like let's not just keep making games let's do more stuff yeah and, let's explore yeah and really like every i mean it all pays off like the the seeds planted here all these games go on to be something i'm gonna argue that i think mario sunshine has not yet had its due i think it kind of sits there like a sore thumb it kind of like it just doesn't have, and I think that's the same thing as Super Mario Bros. Two, which I love. It gives me that you know Doki Doki panic, yeah. but I, you know, Super Mario Bros. Two, Super Mario Land, Super Mario Land Two, uh, these games that don't look like the other games, they, who are they for? Like you know, it's sort of like when you go to Disneyland Paris and they're like, "No, we be it's Discovery Island," and everybody's like. What? And you're like, yeah, it's Discovery Land. It's not Land. a Disney you're thing. Like, you're like, that. no, it's Tomorrowland. And they're like, well, here it's about Jules Verne. And you're like, okay. You're like, what if Mario got rid of all of the mushrooms and instead had ink-powered jetpacks? What is this? Some sort of gay Van Gogh Mandalorian? No. I, it's, you know, Sunshine is unique and uh has not really been explored or replicated in the same way but i feel like a lot of what was learned from sunshine got folded into the broad concept of mario platforming and i think that where what happened with galaxy is it really a result of what was learned from sunshine Let's take a look at the next round of games. Because I do think Sunshine deserves its due. I think it's, you know, it's Sunshine's Flowers time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, you know, it had a little bit of a, a moment when they did the... Um, the All-Stars. Super, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, yeah, All -Stars. for Switch. Yeah. Uh, this is the best page of games ever. This is my Mario era to little pieces. Every one of these games is a, it's a friggin' knockout, uh, top to bottom. Those slacks, <laughs> Raymond. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy Brawl is one of the best Smash Bros ever. Uh, Super Mario Bros Wii, uh, Super Mario 3D Land is one of my favorite games of all time. Super Mario Bros Two, I could live without. Um, 
this, this top to bottom and then all the sonic this is this is a page man this page is a yeah. a page for the history books all over this is my era and this is not this is not a lot of exploration this is a lot of like paying off <laughs> what was explored it's a lot of retreads <laughs> yeah i mean in in the best possible way in the way of like it know, is pe people liked it so we did it again the new Super Mario Bros. Wii line is the best-selling line by far. The game, New Super Mario Bros. Wii, has outsold the entire Metroid line. The entire Pikmin line. It is uh, one of the best-selling games in the history of Nintendo. And so for all of its haters, um, nah. Yeah, um... You know, I, I get it, because there are those people who go, you know, progress, we never look backward. Uh, as soon as we had 3D platforming, why would we ever do 2D platforming again? And that's, you know, not a mentality I agree with. I, I, I think it's a little silly. Uh, but, oh well, you know, that's why that's why we have such a uh, cornucopia of games to choose from. If you don't like it, that's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, if you did not like... New Super Mario Bros. Wii, aren't you so pleased that you had Super Mario Galaxy and Super Mario Galaxy 2 that were 3D platforming at the height of 3D platforming with gorgeous visuals and a gorgeous soundtrack? Uh, you know, we all ate in this era and continue to. Now, I love how all these... I will say this is Go the ahead. era of where... Uh, uh... We had the downfall of the Paper Mario series, in my opinion. That's where yeah. they lost me. It's where they lost a lot of fans. Uh, this was a tough one. But I, I just wanted to say, Kevo, this is the era that you've watched me play the most. Um, and, like, as a, I don't want to sound like... It's really weird to explain, like, why, like, if you're in a relationship where one of you is the gamer and one of you is, like, the cheerer honor, like, Kevo is... You know, I'm so lucky that this is, like, you know three guys that I get to spend my life with because, you know, it's always about having a, a pack, a family, a team that, you know, is, is like a unit. And the three of us, myself, Jojo and uh, TK, we're all very like, I don't want to say competitive, but we enjoy engaging in competition, if nothing else. And Kevo's a very cheers you on her. And some of my favorite memories of like, you know, our earliest Kevo staying the night and us like waking up in the morning is me turning on my Wii and uh, being like, I'm just, I'm just going to play some Mario real quick. And him being like, ooh, Yoshi's my favorite. I love Yoshi. Get the Yoshi. I do love and Yoshi. Like, <laughs> take care of Yoshi. Always take yeah, care and of Yoshi. I, I, you know, so I really have a lot of fond memories, Kevo, of you in this era. Uh, you know, it's you and me, pal. Just like it's Mario and Sonic. If you go by this page, uh, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna comment on. That there is a lot of Sonic on this page, isn't there? Gosh, goodness gracious! So, Kevin, well, once... you were not the guy with the second Wii Mote getting all the stars when he was playing. <laughs> that was such an odd mechanic to me. I mean, I really felt like, really, you're gonna want all the all the boyfriends to be sitting there doing that. And not just cheering on. That feels like work. No, I mean it, it, it would be, yeah. You know, the the downfall of Sega as a as a platform uh led to Sonic uh finding himself in Nintendo. Now, Jonah, you were making a comment about uh the the death of Paper Mario for you at this time period. 
now, you know, one of the things that I think is worth mentioning is that not every game benefited from the Switch mechanics. And uh, not every game benefited from, like, updating to newer technologies and newer expectations and technologies as technologies became newer and more dynamic. And uh, I'd love to get a little bit about what lost you there. So uh, I talked about it a little bit uh, earlier, but I'm happy to talk about it again. And I don't want to, you know, some people, uh, some, there are plenty of people who do love these. And I never want to bash them. I never want to take away their love for these games. Um, but I can try to be as objective in my aquarium. I felt like they wanted to take a, a complete direction. I think they were trying to innovate as much as possible with the idea of the Paper Mario RPG. And there's nothing wrong with that. It was just direction that it was staring a little too far from what I was enjoying from the game. I look at the previous iteration of Sticker Star, Super Paper Mario, which was a game that combined the genre of platforming with RPGs, which was almost, you must think, how do you combine those? Those don't seem like they would mix. There might be some platforming or some action stuff in RPGs, but when you look at RPGs, you're like, what of an RPG is the battle system. And the fact that they were able to combine the love of platforming and with rpg elements i i found it so successful that wasn't as popular at that time something i really enjoyed look at what they did in sticker star i feel missing what we really found enjoyable about the series and it was just a step in a direction in a way that was like okay if that's where you want to go that's where you go i still have these old games that i enjoy and that's, you know, one of the things about Mario is that it's so good at going back to things that came before it. We can even see it on this page where, you know, Super Mario Bros. U, it's, uh, it made its way right back into circulation despite being on a system that was not uh, quite a hit. And, you know, talking about things that, like, really oh. kept seeing experience over and over again. I realize I just show feet for free by accident. Um you know, one of the things that this page exemplifies is we have two galaxies here. We have one, two, three, four Sonics here. We have another Smash Bros. installment, another Kart installment, another Paper Mario installment. You know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, Mario as an entity, he really is responsible for managing several franchises that really does start to burn out like i i noticed you know the the slowdown of games that were just sort of like stamp after a while so let's take a look at that oh unless i see tk taking a, a big breath to no, no 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 keep going oh then let's pull up that last page of slides and let's take a look at the final era of mario's you know designed designed experience because that's the thing that mario is he's not just a game he's a designed experience when you step into the world of mario there's forethought put into it and you you could see bits of that in the movie yes toad definitely jumped at different points during the movie but there was one point at which captain toad because it was just straight it was just straight up captain toad mm. lifted his axe into the air so that peach could pull him up because in Captain Toad's treasure tracker, he can't jump because the pack is too heavy. 
So they even kind of worked Is in the that fact why? that that's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the mechanic of the game. There's no mm-hmm. jumping. How can you win the game without jumping? Cool. Super Mario Odyssey is how can you win the game while interacting with the objects around you? Great. Each one of these games has a functional purpose. The real thrill for me of getting to play a Mario game is what version of the world that Mario occupies do I get to interact with today? And, you know, this page exemplifies the highest quality art you can possibly do that in uh, just game after game. And it's really funny that we had to wait this long before we got a turn-based uh, strategy game. Um, yeah. You know, that's not a, a difficult one to pull off, and we'd already had uh, turn-based RPGs. It's not a big leap. Um, so, you know looking at it like this and seeing Mario and rabbits, it's super crazy that all these decades later and all these hundreds of games later, they're still innovating. Uh, they are still, you know, finding franchises that they can merge with and weave Mario's particular aesthetic and brand into to make something really interesting. I mean, Mario, uh, and rabbits was a very popular game it also is getting a sequel um i think the sequel's out isn't it it probably yeah uh and, and just best reviewed game of its year or something bizarre yes yeah uh yes it is it's uh, you know it's a really fantastic one i also you know super mario maker the, the great game uh really cool thing to be able to do to make your own mario platformer levels um and when I looked at that, it reminded me that one of, like, we, of course, had to curate a little bit. We could not put every game that had uh, Mario's image or name in this, in these slides, or we would be 370 here. something. Yeah. I, yeah. And I got this down to like 125 and just 50 images or something. A big one from the SNES era that we did not mention, but I have to mention for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One innovative on a way, in a way we have never seen before Mario paint. Uh, also want to mention it because the soundtrack is also uh, composed by Hirokazu Tanaka, who did the soundtrack for Super Mario Land. Again, this is somebody who has a very limited uh, Nintendo composition catalog, but they're all really cool, unique entries. And uh, Great addition, TK. Mario Paint had some incredible features. It was It was such a special... I don't even want to say game because it was an experience. Uh, yeah. And in that same way, in a very uh, Mario, uh, Super Mario Maker is not a game. It's an experience. And yes, you do play, but so much of it has to do with digging into what makes a platformer a platformer and engaging in that with yourself than it is like, oh, I'm going to make a Mario level. It'll be super difficult. And I will, you know, I will beat it. That is absolutely a component of it. But, um, you know, creating in the Mario sphere is a pretty incredible thing to get to do. And, you know, just to that end, actually, Jonah, uh, there is no one I know who is a better Pokemonist than Jonah. And, you know, that's just, he is my personal elite four member. And uh, he, 
and you know, in wanting to find things I'm not, to I'm share not your with champion. anybody. No, you're my, you're totally my champion. But like, it's just your permanent job now. You're just elite four. You train champions. Yeah. Um, you're a champions champion. So, I I want to always be engaging with him and the things he loves, the way he engages with me, and the way the things I love, and. Uh, I've really, I've always enjoyed Pokemon, and like as a kid, it meant a lot to me. But reengaging with it as an adult has led to some really interesting discoveries. And something I discovered was that the uh, original programmer for uh, Game Freak, whose name escapes me at the moment, learned how to code on the Famicom coding device mm. that was essentially Aww. the coding version of Mario Paint, which Mario appeared in. So things like Mario Paint and like as silly as it sounds like Mario P Cross, which I am like a huge Mahjong and P Cross guy. Mm -hmm. If you slap Mahjong on it, if you slap P Cross on it, uh, and you put it with like a, a character I love, I will buy it. I will spend that money. Uh, also, we had some comments from the unbelievably brilliant um, Jacob Kruger, who said that uh, he also agrees that Paper Mario is wonderful. And that Super Princess Peach is a hidden gem. Yes, Jacob, a thousand percent. Also, to Sonic Animation, no, you're the best. And as much as I love the Mar, I pointed in the wrong direction. I'm like a Price is Right model who just got the wrong cue. Sorry, Devin. Um, as much as I loved the Super Mario movie, the Sonic movies are some of the best movies I've ever seen. And uh, Super Mario Bros. Unofficial Comics, Inc. I put my armor on. Um... <laughs> Better go and get your llamas. So, um, I want to. I want to ask. Okay, we just looked at a bunch of games, and you know, TK, you brought up one that I didn't mention. I curated this list of images. Kevo yeah. was the brilliant per, uh, the brilliant producer who cobbled it together, like the genius that he effing is every day. But I picked those images. I picked which games were on there. Um, the one that maybe I didn't mention that I wish I'd mentioned that. Uh, I should have was definitely uh, I wish I'd mentioned um, Super Mario 2 The Lost Levels which is uh, quite a difficult game uh, very annoying but was there a game that we didn't talk about or that I didn't include the image for that you know the way TK pointed out Mario Paint is the very most to say the least uh, is there one for you, Joge, that I left out? Jonah? Yeah, I'm sorry, can you just repeat that one more time for me? Oh, yeah, no, of course. Is there a game that I left out from either the images so like or the... the <laughs> He's thinking. So we kind of oh. talked about... Um, I had to think... Yeah, I'm, I'm cooking right now. <laughs> uh, call me the chef. Hey, look at all these comments popping up. Um, That's where I went. I was diving game? for them. Oh, yes. Um, I talked about it earlier. Um, but the GameCube Wii Sports games, I mm. absolutely love. Um, oh, boy. Like Mar Mario Super Mario Super Slugger, um, those, those I love. I love Mario Toad. Mario Toadstool Tour uh, is an unironic, perfect golfing game. It is 
bizarre how well that game does the tradition of you just playing golf with your favorite Mario characters. Um, and it's another series that, as I got older, I don't fully like those games. Um, those can be a little bit uh, hit or miss for me. Um, but the one game that we didn't specifically talk about that I re- really we need to we need to mention how crazy this um, Mario Kart 8 was originally released for the Wii U way back in 2017. Mario Kart essentially a re-release of the same game for the Switch, is the best-selling Switch game by like 10 million copies. It is. I'm sorry, 11, about 11 million copies. It has sold about 52 million copies. It is crazy popular that, and, uh, that game, especially it's re-released, um, you know, you know, so it, it came back. I'm sorry, I think I picked up some details. The re-release came out in 2017. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out in 2017. And has sold over 58 million copies, and is still getting support and love to this day. The fact that it is a re-release, essentially, is crazy. It's one of those things. It's it's yeah. you know it lore. Crazy eights. It's Nintendo lore because it's you got to know some stuff. One, the Wii U, so ahead of its time, uh, and uh, and nobody bought it like they didn't want it. And and also nobody wanted it, so ahead of its time in that way, where it was just like too good. Uh, sorry, um, and but the games for it are fantastic. The games they made for it are fantastic. Breath of the Wild was made for the Wii U, and when they realized that it was going to come out at the very end of its life cycle and that the Switch would be ready, they delayed it so that it could come out on Switch. But there is a Breath of the Wild for Wii U because that's what it was originally designed for. Uh, Mario Kart, as mentioned, uh, you know, the Mario Kart that we all know and love for the Switch was really a game for the Wii U. And so, you know, that's thing one. Thing two, the ability to the portability of the switch and the fact that the controllers were so small and that you could have multiples and get eight people in on a game of Mario Kart really easily that you could all play it around the tiny screen. Most of the time you wouldn't, but you could bring it over to a friend's house, drop it in, uh, you know, get a bunch of controllers out and play. It is such an incredible setup for a fun evening. And, you know, I just, I remember those early, Nintendo Switch days when it didn't have the broad catalog that it had when independent developers had not been able to port all of their games over and you were limited to Nintendo selection one of them being Breath of the Wild which is a very solo game and then you on the exact opposite end you have Mario Kart which like really you could bring people together and the only thing that's crazy to me is that they actually botched releasing a Mario Party first and released one that is like terrible to play in groups and doesn't take advantage of what the Switch does. And I'm told they remedied that with the next one, but I did not check because I was really disappointed that I've paid full price for that first one. But let's take a moment to talk about the best Mario Party game yeah. that nobody talks about because it's not a Mario Party game. And I think you all know what torturous piece of psychological experiment I'm talking about. And that is, of course, Wii WarioWare. Uh, Wario WiiWare is the most demented, mean-spirited, stupid, 
happy, good time, not mean at all game. All of the challenges are like, like seriously, they're just like, lift your remote, lower the remote, shake the remote, hand the remote off, hand the remote off. Like every one of those games is something that incredibly stupid. It is like, do you have motor skills? And like, that's the whole game. And yeah. that's it. And like, it's one of those things where like, if you are in that way, not able, right? Like if for whatever reason, um, you are not able to do the thing that is the challenge, you're not missing out because the game literally is just about irritating people. And that is something that Wario uh, would be very proud of. And I just think WarioWare, the whole Wario line of games, um, you know, the fact that his original Japanese versions of games had him getting drunk, uh, and that's, you know, oh, hey, hey, yes. babe. Hey, I mean, sexy. What a great character. And, you know, again, what a, uh, you know, another way to branch out of Mario <sighs> and conquer an entire other genre, mini games. Uh, you know, it just, you know, I, I love Wario. As I mentioned, Mario, Super Mario 3 Wario Land is one of my favorites. And I'm just it's so funny. Because with Daisy. What's that? I'm just waiting for what Peach and what Daisy. I I truly am too, and for whatever genre of game is uh, Waluigi's purview, and I want to know what it is now, and I think it's probably disgusting. It's just being Bat Boy. <laughs> it's just handing the bats to the people yeah. playing Mario Sluggers. Ah, I got the bat. Like that's it. That's the whole game. <laughs> so. I, I don't know. I, I love these games, you yeah. know, and that's 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 really the heart of it. The thing that makes Mario so exciting is you get to be him. Yeah. And every time someone else, like a Mickey Mouse, tries, you get Epic Mickey, and that's fun. But the best Mickey game is Kingdom Hearts, which you're not really Mickey. The best Mario game is your Mario, except when you're Luigi. That's not about not being yeah. Mario. That's, it's, they're so good at being Mario you need other games and i don't know it's just been a really good time at jonah getting to be like your big guy and getting to play these games with you and share these experiences has been like really fulfilling um getting to share it in a way that i i know that my dad loved you know sharing battleship with me and clue with me and i love those things too but like getting to share this 8-bit world with you it's just really exciting yeah i know it's uh it's pretty special. i know it's, it's pretty amazing no you know what i mean yeah um you know uh i really have a lot of friends to play games with so the fact that i have you know a pack that i can play games with it's you know not that you say not that you can't play games solo but sometimes it's like oh yeah they played as somebody who plays most of my games solo, yeah, there's there's something really great about it. And, you know, there's something really great about being, having years invested in this character and this, uh, like, multiverse of franchises where you're like, uh, you know, where I still am thinking they waluigi doesn't have a game yet they're gonna come up with some genre that they want to break into and we're gonna start getting waluigi games Pong. we've never seen wa peach uh except there's a really funny tiktoker who does wa peach and it's amazing um you know there's still characters that we can pull out of this there's still stuff to be done there's uh you know new there's sequels to games that we've loved there is just nothing but potential in the mario world and you know 
in the best way. I'm never surprised anymore. I'm just like, here it comes, the next thing. Yeah. So, Joe, it has been amazing having you with us. And, uh, you know, you you were on earlier. We had to do the reset. You were so great to come back. Thank you so much for playing with us a little bit more. But now my question for you before we go, it's a big one. It's a big deal. Favorite game, favorite character, uh, and dream sequel. Oh, why you do this to me? Okay. Can I guess favorite character? Rosalina. Yes. Rosalina. Okay. Favorite game? I'll give you a Smash if you want to use a Smash. Mm, I will okay say this one. <laughs> my favorite game probably is Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. That's so sweet. And Dream Sequel? Ooh. I would love a really good Mario Golf game again, please. You know, while we're at it, because this is a great time to do it for us as well, uh, you know, I, if, unless you'd like to guess, I have my three answers. Well, you're, I know it's definitely Super Mario 3. That is my favorite game, yeah. Favorite character. I think guesses from anybody. Uh, it's got to be a Mario character, right? Yeah. Uh, Toad. Which kind? Captain Toad. Captain Toad. Okay. And then my dream sequel is ridiculous and hyper-specific. Okay. I would really like a Super Mario Land Galaxy. Oh, god damn. That is stupid genius. Instead of just doing Super Mario Land again, which yeah. is, I mean, anybody who's never played the Super Mario Land games for Game Boy, Truly they've just been put out on the Switch. Yeah. Um, they so have the all story the still the same for the original, or have they refurbished it all? No, 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 it's it's, it's on the it's on their emulator system, so it's not it's like Link's the Game Boy game. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. You know, I would, I would, yeah. Keep going. They are. I mean, like the villain, like one of the bad guys is an apple that wears a Jason hockey mask with yeah. a knife in the head. And it's a Jason. Yeah. That's its name. Like, it's the weirdest game. There's witches, and you use carrots to fly. There's like an Egypt theme. Uh, you are in a submarine, an airplane at various points. And, and the bad guy is like levels. an alien. There's a bad guy. There's, yeah. there's a Sphinx in the mix. Yeah. Um, it really is fantastic. And like I said, just... Uh, Mario Dunes. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, um, and, and, and that as a galaxy yes. would be really cool. Um, the only thing I will say is, if we started doing that type of thing, I really I would need some way to like fold in uh, at the very least two Super Mario Land two. Yeah, and I would throw in Paper Mario. I would yeah. make it a galaxy of all of the oddball universes yeah. that don't get enough love yeah. and that sunshine. Is, that's a brilliant uh, Mario versus free Madness. idea, Nintendo. Go ahead. I love that. All right. Uh, so, Teak, yeah. what about you? I already What's... announced my favorite character. So, but did anybody remember what I said? Zelda. Yes. Toad. Yeah. Uh, not not Cap'n. Uh, I just I just love Toad. Um, mm. Favorite game is Super Mario World. Um, and you know, in that same vein, I might take um, a Link's Awakening style 
redo of Super Mario World. In. Yeah. Now, Kevo, I know this is probably the least effective for you, but I'm sure your favorite game is Super Mario World. Yes. So instead, I would say I think the game I am most fascinated by is a tie between my two boys here where I am fascinated by Paper Mario Tolkien's door. But I'm also fascinated by uh, Mario Galaxy. I am fascinated by the galaxy concept. So good. I think it would be a nightmare for me to try to play. I think I would just scream and scream and scream. The way that you have to run around planets and warp places. Oh, it seems like a nightmare. Um, the Switch handheld for Switch Lite. Hi, I yeah. got the Coral Light. I I stand by this. The Switch Coral uh, Light with a black case is the most attractive video game system ever made. You heard it but here, I folks. think someday when we are like in our 60s and video games have advanced even further and it's like virtual crap and you're like running and playing as Mario, I think a lot of the concepts of the galaxy world and the way that they expand on the original concept of Mario being flat screen and 2D and sort of like circle worlding it and expanding it are so cool and so i'm fascinated by that so um favorite that i haven't played that crap and uh, then i would say i'm pretty sure your favorite character is yoshi oh that's not fair yeah i love him he's so sweet he's a very good boy good little guy my often uh, favorite character is boo boo good, good taste yeah all good taste yeah because they're so shy but the, also their menaces. Me. I'm shy, but I'm a menace. Um, and I'm really loving all the stuff that is being tossed around about Super Mario Land. That's another one that I sort of forgot I'd really grown up on because we also had a Game Boy. And yeah. so... Yeah. And, you know, I was a kid and I wasn't as video gamester as everyone else. So I didn't really investigate into a lot of the stuff. So, like, I saw... That there was all this weird different stuff, like it's an alien invasion instead, and all this, like, and the land is named Scarsguard or something. It was all weird. And, like, it made an impression on me, but it didn't really even coalesce until doing the research for this episode and seeing, oh, oh, weird. But so, like, I think the Unrelated! Fact I think the alien part would play in really well to Galaxy, uh, so that would be fun. It's all fun. Well, Jonah, I want to thank you so much for coming out and being part of our broadcast. Thanks for playing with the games. Thanks for seeing the movie with us. And we can't wait to have you on again ASAP, mister. Thank you, everyone. Have a good one. Where can everybody find you? You can find me over on Twitter and Instagram at Peak Jonah. That's P-E-A-K. All right. Thank you for coming out and playing and have a great night, Jonah. Good night, y'all. Now... We didn't just take a look at all of the games. No. We also look at the surrounding content of the Mario universe. And that includes the many forms of Mario media, whether it's movies, TV, anime, manga. And we kind of uh, cobbled all of this together across multiple things. It was quite a project. Yeah, although, you know, it's funny because for the other media not as crazy as i would have thought well and that's so much 
because Nintendo stays so incredibly tight with everything yeah. that they produce. They and you know they they tightened up. It's another thing. This gets into like Mario lore, Nintendo lore, but like us kids our age have a very different experience because we got uh, two or three. Uh, I I there was one that I didn't really have access to. Um, Saturday morning cartoons that were, yeah. you know, that, that had Mario and there we, we had a film like we like, yeah, Mario was very, worse. very present, but it was all not very good is the thing. Like what it comes down to yeah. is that it wasn't great. And by N64 era, it shut it down. We're not doing this anymore. Uh, kids born, you know, Jonah did not have a super mario show film anything to grow up with and nintendo really stayed out of that world entirely uh and to go really broad with it i sort of feel as though um their their years of doing hardware may be coming to a close because people have such high expectations of hardware and developers have so much that they have to balance and work with and what Nintendo has now is some incredible IP and seeing yeah. what a company like Disney has done with incredible IP. I think Nintendo really may need to start looking at like branching out with the IP rather than branching out with the hardware. And I think that's a really great perspective on what they did here. You know, yeah. so much about getting that Mario movie out in the nineties was about following the threads of, trying to be the dominant game maker in the late 80s, which was, you know, the console wars, which, of course, you know, literally changed the fate of the world, uh, changed the way we did computing. Um, but before we got to the console wars in a way that changed everything, we had some shitty movies. Um, now, I want to go on record as saying the anime we watched for this, um, you know, I, I'm not the biggest anime guy. Kevo's not the biggest anime guy. Uh, I do do some anime. I do. Uh, Kevo, you do some with me. But true. this was a very average anime for the 1980s, the period where this came from. It's not a bad movie, but it is sort of just like a short, silly movie that had some cute things that were Mario adjacent. Yeah, it had a lot of Mario imagery, but it didn't feel like it was coming from a core of Mario-ness, like the way that the movie does, the, the movie that just came out this year does. The movie that came, just came out feels like it is really trying to cement the the history and the lore and the stories of Mario and, and make it a cohesive narrative. This had a narrative, but it didn't seem like it really cared if that narrative mattered for Mario games. And of course, Mario games were in a very different place in 1986. So, you know, there was a little more room to be like, it's whatever we say it is. There's no, you know, you guys have not seen the inside of the kingdom the way you do in 64. So, right. you, you know, you don't, you're not gonna have the same things to say. You haven't ridden on Yoshi the way you will in Super Mario Bros. So like that doesn't matter. Um, and in that way, it is very silly, kind of cool, and just sort of funny. But it can't yeah. be considered any kind of like important Mario artifact. Kevo, yeah, you have the most it, liberal sense of like giving things wiggle room, and you were the kindest to this, I think, by far. Uh, 
Yes, because there were things that I think, especially because of how young Mario was as an IP in so many ways, the fact that they so cleverly used so many things. Um, part of the story of this anime is that Mario needs to go on a quest to get the three power-ups, and it's a Mushroom of Truth and a Flower of something, Viciousness and a star or something i don't know but the fact that like they focused in on those things and interpreted them through this fairy tale anime lens because that's the thing i feel like especially the movies this and the live action one uh because those are the ones on the wiki heading that are labeled like mario movies it's those two and now super mario bros um the thing that the first two this and the live action were is that they were blank movies that used mario yeah yeah this was a fairy tale style anime film that used mario as like the pieces for it and it's why we had you know this wizard that looks like a penis and it's why she couldn't possibly end up with mario because look at him so instead we needed to have this weird princess bubblegum thank you i was literally about to say he looks like he's from the candy kingdom uh you have weird stuff like toad is a woman you have uh bowser you have the magic to turn into a teddy bear but if i put you in a box when you're a teddy bear i will be able to defeat you readily and who is this miss this miss endless character she seems like a nightmare i don't trust her no, uh, no, no reason you whatever should. Whatever this is, this, uh, and now I'm seeing leg warmers, so I'm realizing, was this flash dance? I, I don't even know. I think he's just supposed to be like a ballerina, like a pretty, pretty ballerina girl. And it's funny, like, Toad is such a good example because this is so early on that we don't actually have an aesthetic, uh, standard for Mario stuff at this point. So why like, not? Yeah, because, you know, like, it, it is just so few pixels that depict what any of these characters are that if you decide, like, uh, you know, when they're fully drawn, it's this. There's really nothing that says that's wrong. By the time you get to, uh, you know, Super Mario Land, or Super Mario World, I should say, um, it's uh, it's clear enough that some decisions are starting to be made that you cannot change and that you can't deviate from so spectacularly, which is why the Saturday morning cartoon shows are very faithful and don't take the same type of liberties. And that takes us all the way to this current film, the you know, the animated film that was just released, where everything is, you know, picture perfect exactly what yeah. nintendo has set to be the standard for what every single thing in this universe looks like because it has been refined over the course of four plus decades and you know the other part that makes it really difficult is that this movie it despite any failings it had it had doki doki do it yeah and the the, the soundtrack to this film is basically <laughs> the same song eight times yeah yep slightly like different watching so, the room yeah it was kind of like a ramones album <laughs> it's just sort of like most of the same chords most of the same lyrics a couple of 
but uh, much clearer than the Ramones could ever do it. Uh, the vocalist uh, on this spoke much clearer English than the Ramones ever did. And uh, I don't know. This movie was not the worst thing I've ever done with my time, but it definitely and... didn't make me feel like I watched a Mario anime. It's, I think one of the things I am most fascinated by having watched this and, and read about it and researched it is um, the things that it helped establish. TK, I love you bringing up, you know, it was still so much in its infancy that things weren't really established. So the things that this brought to the table that would be developed in the property, not yeah. from this, because I don't want to put it that way, but like that it was the first thing, like this was the first appearance of peach's castle yeah uh it was the uh first medium where bowser shows romantic interest in peach apparently and that didn't even come up until the paper mario games uh from what i'm seeing uh, yeah he just he just kidnaps her there's not you don't know why um and the focus that it was given in the super mario bros film right when it's been such an evolution Yep. How many years has that been evolving for the character? Yep. And, and I love so his little soft boy voice. So it's really wild that not even every... Like, the way that these adaptations feed back in to the games in that regard. Yeah, it's, it's, it is it's is really cool. It's um, It's so tough because I can't... There's no way you can be like, oh, you're a fan of Mario. You have to see the anime. It's more like, oh you're deeply invested in wanting to learn how we got to where we are with Mario today, this will be an important part of your journey. But if you don't feel that way, you could skip this and be totally fine. You really have to anime Mario, some combination of the two in a way that yeah. is like, I like to learn. I, I need to see the thing to understand how we got to where we are. I need all the information. I need, um, you know, first level sources, uh, if you do not feel that way, this will not be a thing that I will say that you must go find. Uh, and yes. by the way, you can go find it on YouTube very easily, uh, dubbed or subbed. Uh, the dub, I get the impression, is like kind of a fan dub uh, and is very silly. And it's just, you know, it it is, I will say this, it's cool. And the animation is very cool. Like that they, very that they smooth, did this. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. 1986. It's pretty beautiful. Um, You know, but from this movie to one that I think we all know a little bit better. Oh, gosh. Uh, you know what would have made... So here's what I want to say. Uh, I want to just go on record as saying that I respect everybody as a human being. Well, um, do you want to talk about the... Do you want to go right into that movie or do you want to talk a little bit more about the, the cartoon shows? Though? I've got some visuals for those as well. Okay. Well, um, it's up to you. Let's do those cartoons then. If you got so if you it. I want to give yourself a little bit more room before we really dive into the thing. Um, cause, cause there's certainly a, a live action that comes before, uh, oh, that's the... the one I thought we were getting to. Oh, is that what you were going for? Oh no, I'm so sorry. You were, you're talking about the captain Lou Albano. Yeah. Yeah. We're not there yet, but we, we can talk about the anime quickly because there's not a ton to say. No, we could talk about whichever order. I didn't mean to. Let's put one up and let's get yeah. uh, let's get looking at it. Surprise us, because I know this one certainly came before the John Leguizamo uh, era. Uh, 
of live action Mario. Yep, the you know, Super Mario Bros. Super Show. So many uh, weird cartoon moments kind of packaged together. This was such a thing that was like, oh, it's a popular item, make a cartoon for it. Yeah. And uh, so many of these clips get repackaged and repackaged. Captain Lou Albano, probably best known uh, for non-wrestling people as the dad in the Girls Just Want to Have Fun video by Cindy Lauper. Really? So Stop if you're it. not a big best Captain known Lou Albano... by non-wrestling people for this show. Wow, I, you know, um, <laughs> it, they can't all be Mick Foley being Tori Amos's biggest fan. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't think this is a bad program. I think that it is a victim of the era it's from, the animation that built it. It's just a silly little thing. Yeah, it's, um, you know, everything, I mean, like, and this is a conversation that we have, and I try and uh, be really cool about the fact that, like, as much as it really did help me become a fan of comic books, X-Men the Animated Series is not very good. It is The animation isn't great. The voice acting is rough. Uh, I'm going to be the one to say it, and the, the X-Men fans can hate on me. I'll take it. But it is not... It's not the best at all. It is. It does not blow me away. It was very useful for a six-year-old. Uh, as a 38-year-old, I can't sit back and go like, man, yeah... And it's kind of the same with this Mario cartoon. Like, it has some stuff that, as a kid, made me more Mario aware and into Mario. But no, no, it's not super good. They're, it's it's insane that there are these two live-action dudes, and then they get up at the end and do the Mario and sing a song. Oh my um, god, it's Cindy Lauper. Oh my god, Kevo. Yeah. Because they're friends. That's why I wanted yes. to... Make sure we Moments spoke about like it a little these. bit. There's little things like this that make it. Yep. And then somebody playing share apparently. Yeah, Pam Matson. That is certainly too bad. It's not Chad Michaels. Um, oh my god! Today it would be though. I yes. think this is um, Winnie Cooper. Oh, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, this. Uh, these guys scare me and make me uncomfortable and they aren't anything like what I think Mario is like, but this just exists and happened to me as a child. And so that's the story of that. And the bad guy is actually based partially on the bad guy from super Mario bros two. Mm. Uh, so he's not actually meant to be Koopa. He kind of is, but he's kind of not. This is also one of those interesting things where she's known as princess and then she's known as princess, um, toadstool and she's right. known as princess peach right. he's known as bowser he's known as king koopa so it's one of those things where like there was a lot of stuff that was so unfocused and at this point i feel like you can really see that although it's also of note that this is where we got the link cartoon yes mm. um, which is also terrible uh and you know that's not whatever personality link has which like kind of link is a bit of a blank slate and that's kind of the point but like uh that's not it uh, that was just the thing they did for this cartoon uh, where he's like super horny and keeps trying to kiss the princess who's like very much not into it. It's weird. Um, well, and So it's true because I always think that he looks and sounds like Jason Bateman who was oh. in like a special Nintendo program commercial yeah. with Alyssa Milano. Mm -hmm, I see. Um, the two and of so them I, as Link and Zelda in the 1980s. In that cartoon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. God bless. So, 
Uh, I just think that these cartoons kind of are lost to the annals of time for a reason. They're actually not that lost. If you have no. like a local grocery store and you find the DVD bin, uh, you know, the, the offline Netflix bin, as it were, um, you can find these pretty readily. You can find them on YouTube. They're all over. It, it's You're not going to want to sit through. It, it's like the anime, only more so. Like if you need to know how we got here this might be a primary source you need to to see but if you are like i want to see some mario media this is go on deviantart and you know i think i even in part felt the need for us to make sure we spoke about that before we spoke about the live action mario film because it does get a lot of flack for like this is why they wouldn't make another mario movie and like there are other bad Mario adaptations. Yeah, too, you are right. Probably also. I mean, I, uh, I, I think that's the last nail in the coffin. It's not like for sure, uh, you know. But that TV show didn't even have shirtless John Leguizamo. And yeah. So, so what was the point of it? What's the point of anything yeah. without? To be clear, the the world that we live in is it cannot be Candide because Candide is the greatest of all possible worlds, and the greatest of all possible worlds would have been a world in which Bob. Hoskins and John Leguizamo were both openly queer and had an enormous amount of hot sex on the set of uh, the Super Mario Bros. set. Talk about Super Smash Bros. I think they are two very good looking men. And uh, Bob Hoskins, very sexy in a bear kind of way. Daddy bear stuff going on. Looks good in that image up there. Uh, and John Leguizamo always being like the very definition of just boyish like the way charm. he moved in this movie was unnecessary yeah it's so great so sexy so funny uh you know if you this is such a weird plug but you should definitely check out sexaholics freak uh latin history for dummies um there isn't a bad john leguizamo one man stand-up show uh dude's a genius so you know maybe some of his opinions on this film the new one being that it's not diverse enough. Um, yeah. Okay. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the yeah, games wrong. aren't though. Uh, so unless they were ready to do a little bit deeper, let's not say the casting was the problem. Let's say the source material could use a little more diversity. in the first Because something that needs to be said about him saying he played uh, Luigi as Latino is, you know, because they let him do whatever he wanted because right. this set was chaos. And he sort of just didn't do any Italian hamming and really leaned into his own Latino-ness and let audiences connect the dots of, was he adopted by Mario? What's the situation? It's for you to decide. And I love that, and I really respect it. But he got away with it in part because the directors just were not paying attention to anything. And it was just all really chaotic. And I think any good that was found in this movie is in a lot of ways incidental yeah everything is stumbled and good fortune oh 100% and like you know the thing is they both just like they, it, what it does is it does a very good job of setting up a a vibe uh, it's very Brooklyn in the 90s it's very New York in the 90s yes. and you know the idea that uh, two young men of 
common to New York ethnic heritages would find themselves, you know, being brothers, whether it is that they have a, one different parent, one of them is adopted, uh, you know, that they are not brothers and just call themselves brothers doesn't really matter. No, uh, not to New because York. the vibes are right. So yep. them being brothers, that's completely fine. Like the fact that one is very clearly a Latino brother and the other one is very clearly an Englishman doing an Italian man. Um, it works. And the Super Mario Bros. animated movie is so tight and so controlled and has such a vision for what its Brooklyn is and what its Mario brothers are in its Brooklyn. Um, that it just, it's all the way on the other end of the spectrum for why it works. Uh, though. Yeah, it is a little disappointing. The casting choices are a little disappointing only in so far as, um, the source material is what it is, and it can't really change. The company's not really going to change it at this point. So the one kind of option that you have is to play around with who's doing these voices. And, um, you know, I I give this movie a very high score, but the biggest points taken away were probably for uh, Chris Pratt being Mario in the same way that the only problem with the Scott Pilgrim movie is Michael Sarah's Scott Pilgrim. Well, and um, we'll get to that. I have a lot of opinions on that one, and we're going to get there soon. Yeah, sorry, I jumped the gun uh, a little bit. Before we get to that one, I just want to – there's something about this movie that needs to be said. When Jeff Bridges was like, I'm going to exclusively use the script to Iron Man, and John Favreau, um, Princess Goop, and um, our Lord Robert Downey Jr., all said, let's go hit a guy with a ski lift weight. Uh, when they all – decided to feed the script to a goat um and jeff bridges came into work each day saying the lines very verbatim and everybody else being like iron man calm down um i feel like dennis hopper sat down with his acting coach who in this is played by like marlon brando and al pacino's I picture more of an Elaine Stritch, but okay. Okay. Marlon Brando and Al Pacino's Elaine Stritch. Um, And he goes, I want to play this character right. And she's like, "Uh, okay. It's Uh, a dinosaur? (laughs) But it's a dude? Um, Lance Henriksen is playing what? He's Bungus? Talk about The Last of Us. So, um, I just think that this movie, this movie sucks, but it does not suck as a result of anyone not trying on screen. No. Um, It doesn't doesn't suck because of the actors. Yeah, Bob. Yeah, Yeah, whether it's insane. It's Bob Hoskins, it's John Leguizamo, like that is Hopper. But like, then there's even little surprises. Like, uh, it's a Petunia from the yes. transphobic wizard movie. Fiona Shaw. It's uh, um, okay. what's his name? Uh, Fisher Stevens playing yes. one of the Koopas, just being such a hammy character actor. 
Uh, um, so great. His associate being Richard Edson from Ferris Bueller. Uh, Samantha Mathis is from a bunch of stuff. At that time, I knew her as Krista <laughs> from Fern Gully. Obviously, yep. I was. I um, love that you said it like that. Samantha Mathis from, that, from a bunch of stuff at that time, because she does not go on to have the biggest career. Uh, but yeah, she was an it girl at this point. Like this was a movie full of people. Well, and actually, the I want to point her out at the beginning was Dan Castellana. Castellana. One that we never talk about is actually, um, if you zoom in, Kevo, the second image on the left. Can you zoom in on that image for me? Who? Where? Which one? Uh, the one with uh, right, uh, right there with the princess in it, with the princess right below the movie poster. Are you about to make poster? a Yoshi joke? This? Uh, this little guy goes on to star in Jurassic Park so much. <laughs> so uh, many people don't realize what a big, uh, big, big break this was for him. You're uh, a bad person. Uh, Even Tino was is someone a... that I don't know. Um, what is his name? Mojo Nixon. Mm. That's a guy. He was a guy, apparently. Yeah, We're the, trying the to disservice. do a real show here. The, go- the disservice the Goombas got in this was just like... Yeah. It was and, weird. And that the one dude head who was especially. Toad who got turned into a Goomba. Yeah. Um, that that guy was Toad was weird. Uh, and then Bertha, who I is supposed to be Birdo? No, um, she's supposed to be the she's fish. fish. She's the she's big the fish. fish. Bertha. Oh, okay. Okay. Birdo would make yeah. more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because she flew, but it's like the flying fish. She's like the cheap, cheap. The thing about this movie, like we were talking about earlier, and I said, you know, this movie is really more, it was making a vibe movie using Mario. Yeah. You know, this really was the 90s vibe of Brooklyn, of New York, of this type of movie. It was hitting the Ninja Turtles vibe and what would later be the Power Rangers movie vibe. There's still a lot of uh, practical effects and you know the one thing this movie does have for being as bad as it is is the aesthetic is actually it does something for me once we get into the other dimension um i don't know like i'm into it i want to search around i'm looking at every frame looking at the world that they've built in this underground fungal new york city it just speaks to so much of the types of aesthetics that were coming out of the 90s in this time it's like vaguely cronenbergian yeah it's cool and i wouldn't hate to see it emulated again in some capacity for funsies uh but the the writing certainly does not work and i think it's best showcased in the difference between the two movie posters the movie poster on the right is bright and shiny and pretty and the movie poster on the left is kind of that deformed 90s yeah sort of chrome or chrome yep they look vaguely rotoscoped i don't know yeah. what's going on with that uh yeah now but this gave way to a movie that i liked honestly um you know to the the more recent film i i did like the new super mario bros movie i think my main complaint about the new movie was that, frankly, it lacked the heart of a Sonic movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of weird to say. Um, you know, the Sonic movies were a really big surprise for me, so 
they did actually set my standards really high for this movie um you know i walk away given the sonic movies like a 95 and i'm like blown away by how good they are for how stupid they are all things considered um but this movie i really wanted to give like a 92 and i feel like i walked out of the theater giving it a 92 uh, my ultimate score is a really positive 81 um I i'm really excited to talk about it one of the things though that i felt that this movie did a little too hard was the super mario bros movie from 2023 was a little too designed by committee Mm -hmm. um it had yeah. a scene from every marvel movie sequentially uh and it also didn't feel like a super mario bros movie ultimately it felt like a super mario bros and donkey kong movie it and felt I like a nintendo movie yeah i could have done with 10 more minutes of donkey kong to yeah. make it a, a like a super smash bros prequel a sort right. of smash bros you know you give me a hint that kirby is in another kingdom or something and then we're talking in my head i keep thinking of it as smb dk like yeah k-o-t-b-s-b like it's yeah. just emerging yeah. and that's okay yeah i keep calling this a really good pilot for the franchisization of nintendo and i think that's even why it was important to have donkey in it right away because i think yeah um that allows him to even branch off right away now he doesn't have to be in the sequel or he could or he could come back in the third and it really gets the idea of other franchises and characters and games interacting with this out of the way right away yeah it's just tough because we did something for donkey kong that's so unrecognizable to his connection to mario uh, to the origin of their connection, you know, yeah. that we don't see New Donk City, you know, that we don't see Pauline, that we don't get any hint. We get like a little bit of them in the arena and he throws a barrel, but like, um, you know, we don't really do Donkey Kong, which is fine. It just, as soon as he showed up, that was kind of what I was jonesing for. I was really hoping somehow Pauline would be in the mix. Um, I would have liked to have seen more female characters in this. Although, you know, you're right. This is a fantastic pilot and it did really show you all the places where they might show up. Uh, there's obviously more kingdoms. Daisy could be in... Uh, so, uh, Sarasa land like we could get Sarasa yeah, land yeah absolutely uh, you know we got one of the Lumar so we're gonna get uh, some galaxy yeah we're gonna get yeah, Rosalia and galaxy um, there is so much potential but there's like so much potential for just Mario stories and Mario games that yeah Donkey Kong being in there is a big ask for an hour and a half film that is really targeted to kids and not in the Pixar. Uh, it's totally appropriate for kids, but adults will walk out of it having an existential crisis. Uh, this is very much a kid's movie that as an adult, you probably can tolerate. And if you're a fan of Mario, it might go further than that. Yeah. And, you know, I actually... Just to get real for two seconds, yeah. we had some really annoying technical problems earlier tonight. And, you know, sometimes when you're talking about stuff, um, if you're talking about something either frustrating or that was disappointing or that let you down, like, you know, the minute there's technical problems, you're like, well, I'm going to call it on account of broken and I'm going to get out of here. Bye, bye, bye. I call but, everything. Um, but, you know, the thing about this movie that has me excited is I liked everything I didn't like too yeah um 
I, I am very famously like in love with Seth Rogen. I think he is like one of the literal most beautiful men on the planet. Like, and hey, Seth, if you're listening, are we gonna get one every episode? Yeah, probably. Every episode. Uh, um, I, I love. I, I love really him. accept that. Uh, he's such a beautiful man. But uh, beyond that, like, um, you know, I think that. Uh, I kind of got lost in uh, my head for Seth Rogen, but no, no got uh, lost in Seth Rogen, a little bit. Uh, so um, he did something I think is a little interesting. He did like no performance to his voice. He gave a very straight performance, and that was his whole point. You know, he was going to do a very uh, straight, dead-on performance with the character. Um, you know, but I think that that even in and of itself you know when you compare that to jack black and the you know this was the dream that he'd had this was a role of a lifetime he co-wrote peaches he had input on character decisions for bowser um you know it's hard not to feel like the the multitude that you got in this film you got some people who took it very seriously some people who like you know i i actually do sit around just bouncing my pecs at people so like that this was my Donkey Kong. He was Seth Rogen. Um, it was all really hot. And like that's why I was in the brush. I had the red tie on at first. But you know tech problems it got hot. Um, I don't know. I thought everything about this movie was very. I, I, just, I guess I feel bad. What I'm trying to find a way not to say. Is that the, the two people I could live without. Are Charlie Day and Chris Pratt. Yeah. Who, no that's unfortunately, big though. They really performed these characters like i was really in the minority everybody was like booing me because like when heath ledger when heath ledger played the joker i'm like wow he played this exactly how any edgelord would play it and don't get me wrong he played it the best any edgelord ever could but that that's really a performance of its time that gave birth to the modern incel yeah and i'm really looking forward to the the nice guy fandom kid at conventions who cosplays joyfully that this gave birth to but it really was a generic turn of character for two people who are i guess falstaffian in the complexity of who they are and you know charlie day disappoints me a little bit insofar as like we've seen him do everything we have seen him embrace characters so fully we've seen him do voices we've seen him do shtick uh, he really could have done a big Luigi and one that, you know, would immediately have you wanting the Luigi's Mansion movie. And I know there's a degree to which he can't upstage Chris Pratt, but there was more available yeah. than what was given. There were options that were never explored. There were touches that were left off. Uh, it was very serviceable. And, you know, the one thing I'll say is it, the, the, the performances were so generic that, like, at least they didn't take anything away with bad decisions. But, yeah, know, Chris Pratt. I want more. I, yeah, I mean, from Charlie Day, I really want more. Chris Pratt, I really wish would be fired and not be in the next one. And we would just get a different person. I don't I think he is not a he's not an actor that I want to follow and whose stardom I want to get behind. Uh, and, you know, it so disappoints me that he is attached to projects that I love because I'm just kind of stuck with him. He. 
he, he he got it all done. It really was not like that. You know, I'm very pleased there was no hammy Italian accent or anything like that. But um, I barely even thought about him. Like, yeah, I think is one of the best compliments I can give. Yeah, um, it, it, you're out of options, so you might as well go with that. Um, or you know, you might as well be happy with it. I should say. Um, but it's you know I, the the other example I point to is Michael Cera and Scott Pilgrim, where I understand how he got the role, why he got the role, but I think he's so wrong for it, and it so affects the movie that a movie that I think is otherwise perfect is just basically unwatchable to me. This thankfully is not that. I do think yeah. Chris Pratt is wrong for the character, like so wrong, so wrong for the character, but. Um, he at least just kind of shows up, gets it done, gets the line said. And much in the same way that like when you really start to embrace the Mario verse, Mario doesn't have to matter so much. There's so much to yeah. see and do and look at that. It's okay. If it's not, if he's not your favorite thing, even though it's called super Mario bros. And the thing is with franchisization and making his voice so generic, the idea is hopefully it's not, forever chris pratt hopefully it shouldn't be i loved a lot of the voice actors but i really apart from uh jack black i wouldn't really mind recasting everyone for the next movie no offense to anyone that i thought was great but i think part of the point of this is it should be something that can like I don't know that I necessarily want a movie next. I don't know that I don't want a TV show. I don't know that I don't want like a million different things that would require a lot more versatility when it comes to the uh, voice actors and the people that are chosen for that. And I think, you know, just to kind of step on a, a thing for a second, part of what was, I think maybe surprising is i found the characters very human when you kept saying the recent animated movie earlier i was like what do you mean recent animated movie oh yeah i you know i think of this as computer generated yeah but it's computer generated animation so what am i being specific about no i 100 what you're get what you're saying it feels very live yeah Uh, and you know, to that end, I just want to say, Chris Pratt, I'm not as negative on Chris Pratt in general. Like, I don't have a lot of use for him. Yeah. But I maybe think there are killers. <laughs> so, like, Chris Pratt doesn't bother me that much. Fair. Um, but uh, one of the do things... better, basically. Yeah. But one of the things that does stand out to me... Um, is Chris Pratt did something surprising. I, I'm always really attracted to Luigi. Uh, and I'm always really attracted to Bowser, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, and Donkey Kong. I literally try to be Donkey Kong. Like, literally. And this it, movie said, you succeeded. Yeah, I mean, this people who know said, me. Nico, you did it. You did it, People messaged me to be like, how did you feel about your performance in the Mario movie? I was like, thanks. Uh, but no, like, I was surprised by how sexy I thought Mario was in this movie. Um, the way he moved, like I was, because I mean, obviously he's a silly little cartoon character. He looks like a little people from Tycho, but like he really, there was something sexy about him, and Chris Pratt really did put like a man into the cartoon. And you know, one of the things I was really surprised by is that uh, they read like twenty five ish, twenty five to twenty eight, uh, yeah, and in a totally good way. Um, yes, 
their family situation is such that like they're just getting their business started um you know their dad charles martinet yeah uh which was cute and which was great yeah um i'm just queuing this up for you (laughs) yes yeah he's so good donkey kong is so good i mean i'm so excited for the donkey kong franchise now i really am i just there's so many i it's i'll get to in a second but uh they they you know mario and luigi do feel young and vital and like they've got a lot of potential and like you know i see their journey of being not 45 year old men who like yeah are doing a platformer but like uh young adults as a kid i thought mario looked kind of old absolutely looks old mario but they also didn't try to make them like 16 no. which is also is always a yeah, risk they're not brat like this no they didn't see wis them in any way which is <laughs> like uh, the river devil of mario and yeah, it's, but it's it something you could be like, afraid of. What is going on with like how we're aging in generations? Because you know, it used to be that like twenty five to twenty eight, you are solidly a an adult that is you can't. We're not going to do a movie about uh, like how a twenty five year old can't find his way. If he can't find his way, that means he's a deadbeat. Uh, yeah. But now you can have this movie where like these two guys have gone to a trade school and learned to do this thing that like is a necessity in society and they've got this company started, but they just don't quite have it all figured out. Um, and to me that there was some really great thought and writing put into who these characters should be. And Nico, I think you hit the nail on the head. I never would have said this until you said it, but this is exactly right. It is a movie that was made by committee. It was a great committee, but that is a tough, that's, that's a thing that comes with some real trade-offs. And when I talk about like, I'm so excited for the Donkey Kong franchise, I just know that as soon as this movie did gangbusters, at the box office and people started talking like it about it like we are that committee sat right back down and was like okay what is top priority what's the next movie that's top priority what's going to make us the most money what is the most easily producible who's available we're starting that movie next what's the schedule for this franchise for the next 10 years mm-hmm. and i'm excited about the content but that's uh you know it's sort of tough to think about the fact that like that's definitely what's happening here and i think that's even specifically why you know it was so important that it was a group movie as opposed to being so focused on mario i really even you know for as much as he is so iconic and great i would have worried about uh his ability to carry a film if it had been too heavily mario i and yeah. I, I, I do lament i don't even think it's that there was anything off with luigi but it really felt like he was not given as much time or focus and that was very clearly to make up for the uh choice to not damselize peach yeah. in any way she was yeah, made because now there's no active. second love interest um and so they instead decided to make Luigi the damsel, uh, which yeah. was a bold move, a smart move, a clever move, a funny move, a, all around the right choice. But then it really reduced him. And so I think it's one of the ways in which part of this being a great pilot is a pilot is a pilot. 
what comes next is really what sells whether or not this is uh, a worthwhile thing. And so we need uh, Luigi to be given something soon. Like he kind of needs uh, Luigi's uh, mansion. Yeah. Whether it's like a streaming movie or whatever. I don't know. This is which studio. So which it would be Peacock streamer, I guess. I think, yeah, I think it goes to Peacock next month. Yeah. Um, and so I think TV movies, uh, you know, streaming movies, as I guess they would be called now, uh, something like that, uh, for Luigi's Mansion even would be yep. great. Uh, the person who wrote the screenplay for this film was, hold on, let me bring up my notes so I don't say his name wrong, uh, Matthew Fogel, yeah. who wrote the story for the second Lego movie and wrote the script for Minions Rise of Gru. And the directors are less Illumination people. Uh, they're the people who are responsible for Teen Titans Go. Yep. Make of that what you will. And, you know, um, I just want to jump in. Fact I... that... Oh, just sorry. Wrap up. But just so... So having the writer already be someone that is so in-house with Illumination, they're clearly thinking in terms of who do we have, who do we want to pull in, who do we want to elevate? And they clearly have a bank through that, through Secret Life of Pets, you know. So now is the time to strike, really, for Mario. I had accidentally blinked out of contact, so I... <laughs> I like, believe me, we have all the... been there. In front of the lights, when you're just trying to, like, make eye contact... You let them go too long, they dry out, and they just exactly. fall right out of your head. It's exhausting well, being a human. Um, I'm sure you were listening, around. Yeah, I was running around looking for glasses uh, to be able to interact. Uh, and, but, you know, to, to jump in with that, I, I do want to say uh, one of the things that, you know, does strike my attention is there is a sense of masturbatory burnoff that needs to be managed. You know, I'm talking to my dad, uh, you know, St. Nick about uh, all of this stuff going on at Star Wars and Star Trek. And he's like, oh, and it's a shame Picard is ending because it's having the best season ever. And I agree, but it's having a final season. And when it's a final season, you approach like it's a final season. You approach with the the understanding that you can kill everything because it's not about what survives. It's about how it feels. Yeah. But a first movie isn't just about what survives. It's about what has room to germinate, you know? Land. So I'm going to be honest with you. I refuse a Mario Kart film now because I got a little bit of Mario Kart. So now if the next movie doesn't have a little bit of Mario Kart in it and maybe raise the stakes somehow, I will be a little disappointed. But what um, if the next, what if in three years, what if you find out the next movie is not really going to have Mario Kart, but in three years you're getting a Mario Kart movie? Okay, so then what am I getting instead? What other elements are being traded out? Because I don't know that I, like, it's going to sound really stupid, but do you know what I would enjoy? And it's I don't know how they would do it, but if what? we could get the the choose-your-own-adventure technology to where it needs to be... I would love to engage in a Mario Party movie where oh, yeah. goes I think that's probably ways. a show, but yes. Yeah, but yeah exactly. I'm... And they're working on stuff like that. So yeah. Totally. Um, and so like that's the kind of thing that this movie didn't necessarily have in mind that I, I maybe regret. 
I, I really do think the, you know, it, the pilot metaphor is fantastic. It really was a statement to the world like, hey, we have a big fucking sack of stuff in the back. Y'all want some? Uh, here's like, here's a bunch of it, but that's not even close to all that we've got in there. And, um, you know, the, my biggest hope is that they are hearing people say like, I'm a 38 year old man and I would like to watch these movies and be engaged, uh, and engage back. I don't just want to go and be like, yeah, that was fun. Uh, but. I could have said that same thing 32 years ago with basically the same level of comprehension. And, you know, the the last thing I want to say on this movie before we move on to our last really cool thing, uh, unless, and of course, anybody has more. I just got uh, one I, thing after that, but yeah. I effing love how many effing characters weren't effing in this. Uh, yeah. No Wario, no Waluigi, no Daisy, yes. no Birdo. No real Pauline, no real, uh, no Rosalina, um, you know, no, no booze, uh, no booze, a bunch of, a bunch of villain characters, you know, no, um, hammer dudes. Like there, there were Why a would lot you overpack were... it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that dry bones got to have such a, a moment was yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, no Koopa kids. Yep. Oh, I mean, that's the no big one. I think the next movie Bowser is Koopa Junior. Kids. I think the next movie is probably Koopa Kids and Yoshi. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do believe we'll probably... Mario for number three. Uh, here's the thing. Unless they're planning on doing these annually, they don't have that long. And I don't mean that insultingly. I respect that. No, yeah, same. But, you know, if you want to get me to a place where I'm... I don't have 15 years for you to get through these movies to then get to the Donkey Kong movie. I need you interpolating these movies because if you're going to feed me the Metaversal Smash Bros movie in 10 years, okay, but I'm not waiting 25 years for it. So... No, I think yeah, I think there's going. I mean, I think like the MCU, you're gonna be seeing three a year. I think the Donkey Kong movie is happening, you know, the same year as the second, you know, as the sequel to Super Mario Bros. I think the first Kirby movie comes soon after that, and then you have like most of what you need for uh, Nintendo Smash. I mean, the big question is, uh, do they want to do anything touching Pokemon? Um, I believe it is actually a different entity. Yeah. I, I mean, believe I, I, that's the Pokemon company. Yes. And that's... Um, but I also think that uh, given the numbers that this movie did and the fact that Pokemon appear in other Nintendo properties, um, there's there's absolutely a conversation being had about, like, does it even make sense to do a Smash Bros. movie and put Pikachu in it, you know, just to have those four I, I wonder if they would use Detective Pikachu. Sure, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There, there are options. Um, I earlier today tweeted a quote uh, from Michael uh, Jelinek, the co-director of the Super Mario Brothers movie, who said, I'm a massive fan of all aspects of the Mario series. I know speedrunning is very popular among the fan base, so I decided to apply that to the film by speedrunning every scene. 
Okay. I mean, as a speedrunning guy, that's a huge part of all of my problems with this film and all of the lack of heart. And the speedrun only works when you know the decompressed version to celebrate the speedrun. You know, Kevo's got these amazing shortcuts that we're going to be doing uh, where he takes, you know, where we all take, you know, our favorite things and say, but this is how you could watch that show if you only have six episodes. But this is how you could read that comic if you've only got five issues. But like those only work because you have the decompressed version to read as well. Um, you know, now that I know that I'm not having technical problems and I can move a little bit. I'm yeah. You gotta, you, you gotta dance through it. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean like, cause it's already a movie. We already know we're probably not here longer than two hours and that's okay. Yeah. But when you start saying like, uh, I, man, I gotta like a pack it all in and B cut it short. It's like we we cut it short. We capped it at two hours. I have twenty four hours in the whole day, and then I get more days after this one. Like, breathe a little. Yeah, I, I definitely think uh, the biggest part that didn't work for me was the training sequence, which is one yeah. that really strongly was, you know, the introduction of these are power ups. Very clunky. The do this course. Uh, what? Eat it. Yeah, um, but when you get hit, you lose it. Does the Mario character not like mushrooms? Is that something from canon, or is that just them trying to be cute? Uh, I don't ever remember that. Trying to be cute, probably. Yeah, Uh, it wasn't. I don't love those personally. Uh, It just because then he should have liked them or something. Like carry that joke further across the finish line. Yeah, but. yeah, a lot of the world building introduction stuff was a little hammy and does really rely on you having some amount of game knowledge or Mario knowledge. And I think some decompressed storytelling would probably help in the future as well. I think the fact that it straddles the line so heavily of is this adult story, is this kids, but it really does need to err on the side of kids also really helps it. Like that's why it had to be only 96 minutes. It, it really can't be much longer than that. 92, actually, because you're you know, just going to drive kids insane. I, on the one hand, I see that, like, I, I get it. But, like, I, the Pixar movies exist. We know that you can get a little higher brow and yeah. you're not going to drop off. Like, you do have to be careful and you can't make it, you know, an existential meditation on what it means to be a video game character. But I think. Actually, you can. It's called Wreck-It Ralph. uh, Precisely, which kids love. Like, it really is possible to do it. Uh, They... It's so funny. (laughs) It's so good. Wreck-It Ralph is such a great movie. They really did just choose to make this, like, very simple. And I get it, but I really hope that... This is the third time I'm saying it. I hope that the feedback somewhere is being heard that, like... We could go a little uh, o- a little older with these. We're not going to lose the kids. They want to see the action sequences, but we can engage the adults. Because the thing that you can't really take from them, and by them I just mean the studio illumination, yeah. and it, it's really important that they were tested in this avenue before doing this, uh, because Despicable Me is a 4.6 billion franchise worldwide um and secret life of pets even is 1.3 billion so like they have the experience of making 
these sort of films targeted at younger audiences, it's not like they are untested. Um, but this property itself is something very unique for them. And so, yeah, it's really important that they be listening to feedback from not just the people who like Minions, but the, you know, even older than us people who are gamers yeah. who yeah. love this franchise and are so excited and invigorated by this. This is something people have been waiting for for basically 40 years. Yep. Now, we've had a really great time talking about the the what and the how. Uh, I would love to get everybody's what you hope might be in the next movie. Uh, as for me, what I hope might be in the next movie, I think, you know, it's pretty clear from the end credit sequence. And I mean, obviously, we've been talking about it like, you know, spoilerful. Uh, for me, you know, obviously it's going to be Yoshi. But if I could get anything in the next movie, I probably want a little bit more mythology. I want a little bit more like the magic that connects these worlds, how the pipes work, maybe some underground scenes that feel like the underground levels. Um, yeah. yeah. Ooh. A little more exploration of the score themes. You know, I really appreciated the three or four themes that we heard extensively, but there is a, like a treasure trove. So that's my hope. A little bit more exploration of the wealth of goodness. More princesses. Um, I, you know, yeah, I think give me uh, Daisy for sure. Let's let's get there first and then we can expand. Uh, Daisy, the Koopa Kids, some of those insane characters and references from Super Mario Land. Maybe a hint that Wario is out there somewhere and I'll be very happy. Yeah, I feel like the way they touched on ideas but didn't go too far into it was, again, for a pilot, really good. You know, give us an idea of Peach's backstory and how she came to be in this land and now see how people react to you having said that yeah. and what that could possibly mean. See what fan theories become, see what ideas are popular and explore from there um because there really is so much potential um yoshi obviously i've said so many times already in this product well you know you're getting yoshi yeah um but it's you know what are they gonna do with him what are they gonna do to him uh he's gonna be a very sweet boy and he's gonna convey mario places that he needs to go he's gonna eat stuff he's gonna spit the stuff out and uh maybe shoot eggs it's gonna be real great all right. So speaking of real great mm -hmm. and power-ups, mm -hmm. we have a segment that we love to do, our bracketeering, where we take a look at things that should never be compared. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, we wind up with Batman versus Modern Family. Mm -hmm. And that is Batman versus the cast of Modern Family is forever going to be my example of why bracketeering is the best and the worst. Uh, but this one is going to just make sense. We have some bracketeering for the power-ups of the Mario universe and whether or not, you know, the franchise or not, it's pretty straightforward to say, uh, do you want to throw fire or do you want to throw ice? It's pretty uh, self-explanatory good times. And uh, we just love to play these games here. This one won't be too tough. And uh, it's more excuse to listen to the fun score that I had a chance to work on based on the incredible work 
of the composers of the Mario universe and some brilliant sheet music that I was able to find online, some incredible fan arrangements through musenotes.com, musescore.com, my apologies. So without further ado, you guys want to do some bracketeering? Of course we do. I'm in. All right. Now let's start off with a, a battle of the flowers. We have the ever popular fire flower, which we saw Donkey Kong wielding in the movie what a, a moment of amazing uh and the ice flower which princess peach uh was an absolute bamf with at the wedding uh if you're gonna battle a fire wielding villain do it with ice powers what do you guys think would you go with fire flower or ice flower you always got to stick with the classics i think uh, for me it is fire flower all the way yeah same you know i don't want to be too contrarian but with this one I love the later mechanics of freeze a thing, yeah. jump on it, pick it up, and throw it. I get so, you. I fully get you. I'm gonna I give just love this the one. aesthetic, though. That's why I'm in my fire era. Yeah. I get that. I, I do. So crisp. And I, I, I actually was going to do the same thing with you if I couldn't make my Donkey Kong look work. And then we had other problems. <laughs> <laughs> so I just didn't care. And what's so funny, it, this has nothing to do with anything, but like my setup is now perfect forever and I never change a thing again. It's so funny. Um, but anyway, so yeah, uh, clearly Fireflower won. Yeah. Now, this next one, this one's kind of funny. This is the uh, Magic Feather Power versus the Carrot. Carrot. Uh, the cape feather is from Super Mario World. It gives you the magical cape. The carrot is from Super Mario Land. It gives you gliding flight. It is a, a great pair of abilities. I don't know that it is the best pair up, but I tried to keep it kind of fair. Yeah. Fire power versus ice power. To and you also, you also have to think about what it does for you in the game. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think about. Yeah, and I think you nailed it. We, um, you know, this is an interesting bracketeering for me, though, because I have to say I am not familiar with this little guy. Oh, gosh. Super Mario Land 2. Gorgeous game. Uh, There's a few of these that I don't really know. But yeah, that one especially is I've never even heard of Carrot. I love Carrot. Really cool. What does it do again? That game. It, it gives turns you, like, you glided flight with like little you, rabbit. It turns ears. you into a bunny, and you have bunny ears. And as you, when you jump, you you will glide, and the bunny ears kind of flap. Um, it makes no sense. Like obviously, the physics of Mario don't make sense anyway. But like, it makes extra no sense. He just looks really adorable. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's that. Easter, so you know, what do you think? Now, as much as we're saying that we Ooh. love the the carrot the cape um, man that cape the way you that soar. cape is so so utilitarian the way you cute. slam down it looks so good with yoshi it's got that the way you spin around and just wreck enemies we know who this I, is going to i actually i i i queued up i have the uh, cape sound effect yes uh, in case i needed that in case I needed that for all, we were talking about John Leguizamo. Um, yeah, for me, it's the feather. It's the cape. It's the yellow cape. All right. So yellow cape. Good job. You won. Now, this next one, this is a, a galaxy. It's kind of a galaxy yeah. gal kind of yeah. moment. Uh, B Mario versus Boo Mario. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I am a Pooh Bear at all times. 
So B Mario is where my head's at, but yeah. uh gosh darn it. Boo Mario is the cutest thing in the whole world that goes to Boo Mario. Alright, you're going Boo Mario. I love that. He's so cute. It's like a little boo with the mustache and the hat. Yeah. No, and I... it's just the sweetest thing in the world. I guess I'll go for B Mario then. Oh man, you're making me break a tie. Yeah. Um I think I gotta give it to Boo. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna die on this hill. If yeah. it's boomerang versus anything, it's boomerang. Yeah. It's boomerang. Boomerang forever. Uh propeller Mario is top five for me and so i purposely did this because like this is this i love any flight based mario more than any yes. other kind of mario except boomerang mario because these boomerangs are so cool they do so much they yep. get things they this Plus is a cool looking flower and uh, the coloration the, yep. the crispness of the design this uh, is everything i, will also I look say for. uh toad is the best with the propeller yeah that's where it's at. Toad with the propeller is my life. Uh, I don't care about anybody else. But um, this is Mario power up. So yeah, I, I do love. I do love the boomerang flower. Now, Kevo, if you had ideal cool. powers, could you throw unlimited boomerangs that return to you, or would you want the ability to produce a propeller out of your head and wear a jaunty red suit? And like, how is the flight on that? Is it like solid? It's, it's pretty solid. It's not as good as flying with the cape. But you don't have okay, to get the then... same running. You don't have to get the same running start. All right, then I'm gonna go with boomerang as well. Then to make it a nice little unanimous. Okay. All right. Now to go back up, I gotta go cape. I'm going cape. I love the cape. I mean, that is the cape is the ultimate to me. It's just, I said you got to go with the classics, and to me, the cape. Even though Fire Flower came first, the cape Shoot. is uniquely a classic. Shoot! Oh, I didn't realize it was going to come down to this. Oh, I'm not trying to stall on like the eleventh hour. I mean, you guys already did the thing so yeah, i want to know what you think fire. kevo i'll say fire as my protest vote okay <laughs> uh you know boomerang for me this isn't it's uh, still boomerang. a tough one yeah. yeah um yeah i boom mario is so cute that's the that really is the only thing that's like making any kind of stumbling block but it is boomerang kevo um yeah probably also Probably also boomerang, uh, especially because I can't really picture uh, a fly, uh, uh, a ghost in a yellow cape. And this brings us to I'm really excited yeah, because now I think Nico and I might be on opposite ends ends of the spectrum on this one. Ooh, boomerang, feather man, Kevo. Feather. Hey, you're correct. But now what's the next one you're going to come down to? I had a really okay. tough time finding images for, for some of these, but um, this is the best I could find of the Goomba shoe and the uh, helmet suit. Mm-hmm. 
Helmet suit's like the boomerang, man. I gotta be honest. I love helmet suit, and this was purposefully again. I I made yeah. it a tough choice for myself. As you should. I'm gonna give it to hammer suit because I remember as a kid thinking that's sexy. What game is that from again? Three. Two, three. Three. And what does the boot do? You can hop on anything. Yeah. Yeah, like you, you can hop on spiky. Like he's in the other picture, he's hopping on a spiky uh, Koopa. Yeah. Boot. I'm okay. giving it to Hammer. I so figured. Hammer. Hammer's up for Mario. All right, miniature versus. This um, is funny because the coin box should be much larger and the uh, mini shroom should be much smaller. But I actually hate the coin box power up. It is my least favorite power up in all of Mario. Agreed. I just don't like the way it affects the mechanics of gameplay. Fully agree. Um, I also don't. I understand. I, I was uh, reading some interviews about um, the the design of the game and like why it's built the way it is. Uh, there's also something really triggery about how hard it is to control mini mushroom Mario. Yes. Um, I think this is like, it's just suck versus suck, but I, I specifically <laughs> think that the coin box is worse. Yeah. So and there, I'm going you know, with mini you get Mario. a little bit of Ant-Man vibes from the mini mushroom. And every once in a while you're like, when you, when you get into a place because you have it, you're stoked about that where I don't, there's no situation where I'm like, thank God I got the coin box. I love exactly. the Alicification of it started with the red mushroom that makes yep. Mario big. Yes. And yep. Great. When was blue even introduced? Because I didn't, I literally, it wasn't until the movie last night um, that I knew it that was the blue new existed. Super Mario Brothers, right? So actually, I want to go back a little bit. Well, uh -oh. yes, blue miniature Mario, uh, I believe, was introduced for mini uh, for new Super Mario Brothers Wii. I want to point out that uh, Super Mario Brothers Two, which was uh, originally just Super Mario Brothers 2, but it's since been dubbed The Lost Levels, which was not properly released in America on its own, but as repackagings, uh, had a poison mushroom that took away your power-up and shrunk you. Oh. Which was blue. Okay. It was it was bluish-greenish, yeah, yeah. It was ugly. But anyway, I think this one, we're giving it to Mini Shroom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Get that tiny box out of here. Oh, this is a favorite. I thought about doing the images or doing Mario oh. in these two suits because he's just so adorable. Oh, this yeah. is so hard. Frog versus Super Leaf. And now I want to be clear. Super Leaf is both Super Leaf and Tanuki. Yeah. Super Leaf is, uh, you know, a fat-free Newton is fruit and cake. Uh, the Super Leaf is just the, the raccoon suit. Yeah. But the Tanuki can also turn into a statue that's pretty much the only difference yeah um the 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 super leaf is the most perfect mario power up of all time i completely uh, agree i i might love the boomerang more than anything but like i i understand you know like if you're asking me what i like more because of my my aesthetics and like growing up on the tomorrow people and so i assume that all australian people can both teleport and are psychic um versus like what i understand reshaped video games yeah no it goes to the super leaf i mean a fancy gentleman in a raccoon suit is just the only thing this world needs so 
so I was cute. fascinated by the frog suit because I felt like that was one of the ones, as someone who didn't have any ass, uh, I felt was rarer in my yeah. eyes. Oh, yeah. Um, it's only available I, in certain I, locations. Very yeah. correct. But uh, Tanuki is, you know, the classic. Yeah. The frog suit also has so few positive applications. Yes. It's good it, underwater. It's, yeah. it's not universal at all. You know, some of these you really can use on any level to some degree and do well. The frog suit is more of like a you gotta obtain it just to do this thing. I went with putting big mushroom versus yeah. superstar because I think this is brilliant. I didn't think there was anything else that could possibly beat either one. Yep. Um except I'm gonna, each other. I'm gonna level and say if this was between the iconography of the one up yes. mushroom yeah. versus yeah. the superstar. Yeah. Yeah. I would go with the one up mushroom. Yes. Because of that, green means one up. Yep. Yeah. Green has that meaning. Yep. And when you see it, you know immediately and you think F yes. Yes. Exactly. So no, I, I needed that. Yep. I would absolutely give it to the green one-up mushroom, but I am instead going to have to give this one to the superstar. And I am going to do the opposite as we did last time. I love the first time that I ate that big mushroom and just barreled through the level was to me so much more satisfying than the first time I picked up an invincibility star and just blazed through the enemies. It was like that times a thousand with the with the big mushroom. I thought it was so fun. It's still one of my favorite things to have happen in a Mario game. I love the super mushroom so much. No, Break the tie, gotta... Kevo. I gotta give it to Star. I oh. I think I I really I really agree with all of Nico's sentiments, essentially, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and not just on 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 like in terms of iconography, the red itself as well. Like you know, yeah. he put all of that on the green, but like also on the red. Like yeah. the iconographically, it's so integral. Um, but like in terms of power up and the power of it, um, you know, I really have always loved the star. I loved how much of a focus it was in the plot of the film. I love the way that they made it a nebulously powerful thing but they yeah. made they gave us no answers as to what it is and can still build on that so much i love stars i so. respect it well here's the good news this finally gives us the opportunity to say uh the age-old question what's more powerful an italian thor or an italian ant-man and i'm Ooh. gonna say it goes to italian thor italian thor italian thor you know, uh, the hammer is far better than the mushroom. It's the super leaf to me. It is, you know, the the yeah. invincibility is yeah. great, but it I'm fades. shocked to hear myself say it, but yeah. I agree, you're right. And then this is pretty obvious, and this yeah. leads us to a final challenge that is so good because it's so difficult. This is the best thing about bracketeering. It doesn't matter. You are always going to get to this point at some point in the bracket where there is all good slash no good answer. It's got to be the, oh, the super leaf for me. And it's because I grew up on Super Mario Brothers 3. 
But I imagine if I grew up on Super Mario World, I would go with the cape. You are correct. I am going with the cape. Kevo. Oh, okay. So I see Kevo has decided that he isn't going to have to answer. <laughs> Kevo abstains. <laughs> I love it. No, not really. You have uh, all the power in this. I love it. No matter who wins, we all do. Because we this is win. a great final, time, uh, final team up. And because Mario will never stop being such an amazing game. Personally. Yep. Personal vote is definitely the yellow cape. But in terms of fairness of game... Yep. And Mario power-ups, um, power and in terms of both power and iconography in measure, yep. yeah, I got to give it to Tanuki. I respect it so much. I am not unhappy that yeah. Tanuki is the final winner, that you know, Superleaf is the final winner. I love Kate the most, but uh, this is And he came so far. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, you know, I probably am surprised that boomerang lost when he did but i'm uh really proud of all of this you know i'm really glad that we are finally back to doing things that aren't just comics um aren't just comics because we're going to continue to have a comics feed on wednesdays and we are uh you know going to nail that time and day down but like you know we are we, far we from also, done with comics. We've got, you know, specials coming up when we finish oh, yeah. the end of Sins of Sinister. We're going to do a whole thing on that. So, you know, it's not as though comics are, are going anywhere. It's just that we want to annoy you with many other opinions on many other forms of media. And it was just, you know, really good to get to come play Mario uh, yeah. with you guys. And it's funny. I, you know, when we game over it earlier... Uh, it was so frustrating. It was a minor technical difficulty. And that always brings me back to, you know, my favorite movie franchise of all time is Alien. And the Alien movies um, have a very famous history for either making the best video games in the world or mm -hmm. the worst video games in the world. And there was a, an Alien Colonial Marines game that a lot of us were, like, unbelievably excited for. And when it came out, the AI was so busted, the game couldn't play. And it ultimately was revealed it's because somebody misspelled a line of coding. Instead of writing tether, they wrote teether. And it ultimately resulted in the game having super busted AI. And so that rendered the game kind of garbage. And so when earlier tonight, we tried to connect and uh, my computer messed up because of a, a bad connection. I was like, you know, it's so hard. We're trying this new thing. We're starting over uh, in a way, you know, we're combining these two things we love making. And, you know, what an annoying technical problem, but kind of like Mario, kind of like hitting, you know, continue. Uh, we came back in and uh, we got to play. And that's something that I think is something that i do love about the mario franchise no matter how frustrating you find it there's ways to easyify it uh if you're playing the newer games there's these gold leafs that you get if you you know really are struggling and they make you invincible but there's like a step before that and it just affects whether or not you get this kind of flag or that kind of flag it doesn't change whether or not you get to beat the game and not every game series is designed 
so that the first two levels or the first four levels, the levels that are going to get played the most by the most people are the most colorful and uniquely diverse so that everybody who only gets through four levels feels like they got to play the whole game. And then there's still layers from there. You know, it's just, I I said it like an hour ago in our stream because this was supposed to be like our first three hour stream. And, you know, it just it's just so funny to me that like, I can't stop thinking that if it had been something other than Mario and if it had been something other than the positivity I felt from the movie, I might have struggled to get back on tonight. But uh, it was a lot easier because Mario taught me to keep going even when I'm so frustrated I throw the controller. Yeah. Like, even you when I'm so mad. Yeah, I, I actually just re connected my Wii uh and like I went on and I bought a, a Wii HDMI adapter a couple of years ago and um you know and now the TV has a port that powers the HDMI device in case you don't want to have to also run the plug for it uh but like you know I I get to play a bunch of games like Galaxy 2 which I just asked to borrow from Jonah and um New Super Mario Brothers Wii that aren't on Switch uh, because even the versions of Mario that are from your past, you want to go back to. Yeah. And it just, this was the right way to bring in this show. And I want to thank you guys. Any, any final thoughts like that from you guys? I just, uh, I, it's, it's cool to be witnessing the birth of a really big franchise's next step. Cause you know, I was about to say the birth of a really big franchise, but Mario's, been born been a big franchise but this is a huge next step um this is one that i think if you are you know in your 30s you have been waiting for it for a really long time and just wondering why why haven't they done this yet they have everything they need what's going on um and so to be there in an age where we are constantly uh evaluating other franchises and watching universes and multiverses get born and directed for the next 10 20 years to see a new one show up with so much promise that speaks to so much of uh you know my experience of various media primarily games but it really is so exciting uh, as i've mentioned many times i'm a zelda person and this really makes me hope that Zelda gets a turn to yeah. sort of have its moment the way that Mario is and that a a a film or series is done that speaks to the soul of Zelda the way that this spoke to the soul of Mario and that we can have this whole conversation again about uh, the Hyrule universe. And how Princess Peach is actually a part of the royal family crossover i don't know who knows who knows there's there's just so much potential and i think starting it on such you know i i feel like safe and clean are the worst adjectives i'm hearing for this movie and heaven forbid they do something like that you know yeah. i think they were trying to make it accessible it's why the soundtrack was all like those pop music songs from take on me 
that was just so random. I really hope in other countries that it's like their popular music <laughs> or something like that. Like how Steve Rogers' list of things that he was supposed to be learning about was different in different countries. Yeah. Because um, like it's to make it accessible. And I get that. I really do. And I love that for it. And I think doing this before Zelda was even important to break people into the concept, see what people respond well to, because there's so much potential so much so much more potential in zelda even than there is in mario in terms of high concept and um very lord of the rings uh style potential for uh serialized storytelling and this opens so many doors for that you keep bringing up kirby it opens doors for that and i am so thrilled uh, it was so beautiful, and that's just part of what I keep telling myself, is maybe that is part of what took so long. It really took to get to this point. Everything was so breathtakingly beautiful. Yeah. And 10 years ago, if it hadn't been so perfectly beautiful, and it had been that clean and safe, it would have felt a little we bit more annoying. It. Yeah. But goodness gracious, is it gorgeous. And I'm so excited to see what they'll do next with with how beautiful it was well until we come back uh tomorrow we are streaming and we're a, talking comics yeah we're doing a comic stream with jason Lowe, where we're going to be actually bracketeering going to be real a lot of fun uh then we'll be back on wednesday with uh comics stream maybe not this wednesday maybe this wednesday we're going to see when it gets running and then we'll be back next sunday with uh, a look at a little something different. We did gaming this week. Next week, we're going to be taking a look at TV with uh, a finale favorite and a brand new exciting premiere by taking a look at the final episode for this season of Drag Race, uh, Team Sasha and Anitra forever. And uh, we want to take a look at the experimental format television show, Jury Duty, available on Amazon Freebie. So if you want to be caught up, uh, just go binge watch like 27 seasons of Drag Race and uh, six episodes of Jury Duty. Easy. I know it's a lot to ask you to watch something on Freebie with commercials, but... Somehow we think you'll survive. It's actually not that bad. No, it really um, isn't. And the show is great. The so. show is fantastic. It is worth it. Um, and you like... You know, it's in the name. It's free. So go for it. And if you're not caught up and you are looking and want to be caught up and are interested in what we have to say, it's season 15 of Drag Race. And we're super excited. Uh, if you told Nico and I a year ago that X is for show would be covering the Drag Race finale, uh, we would have thought you were drunk. But here uh, we are. Uh, now, maybe we will be drunk for it. That'll make it more exciting. Who knows? It, it, it's going to be fun and queer and so delightful so please make sure to check it out with us well and until we come back tk where can everybody find you online you can find me twitter instagram any social network really at x nate x gray x you can find me at nico action that's n-i-c-o-a-c-t-i-o-n and i'm just really excited to say oh my glad award-winning uh collection i'm part of super exciting i didn't mean Oops, to say flipped. my but like uh i, I gotta leave being like i'm a glad award winner he's a glad um, award winner so come on i am a glad award winner 
I also uh, am very proud of the arrangements for these songs, uh, and I might uh, think about uh, figure out a way to get those available to you guys on this yeah. channel uh, in high quality loops. If you're looking I to check that. those out, um, and uh, Kevo, where can everybody find you on the interwebs? Oh my gosh, right, me as well. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, mostly pulling strings on this show. Uh, you can find me on the socials at Kevo Reilly, K-E-V-O-R-E-A-L-L-Y. And as is my motto, I'm going to start using them more soon, I promise. Uh, you know, I have all these materials that I make for this for these programs, so I should definitely start uh, sharing the clean versions of those with everyone. Uh, yeah, we love making this show. It's super fun. It's super exciting. And we're super glad that you decided to join this super show in particular with us. And uh, until we come back next week to uh, uh, I think um, we will. Uh, That's a new power up I want for Mario. A duck. duck there you yes. go. So uh, keep those light lit, those gateways open. Remember, we are covering all sorts of stuff now. Uh, check out Drag Race Season 15, Jury Duty. Don't forget to see our interview with Jason Lowe tomorrow night, and we'll see ya. Bye. Oh, and like and subscribe. Please do that. Yeah, okay. like and subscribe. Now we're good. Nice. There's pop-ups. You don't have to worry. You don't have to give me a heart attack every week, my darling, my I love. That, that came down, though. That was really, that was great. Oh, great. and it's 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 the final surprise of this episode for TK, so I didn't want it to go up too quick. Okay. So, okay. It's safe. Thank you all. We love you and enjoy. Do the Mario swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario all together now. You got it. Swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario. Oh.